Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. With only eight movies remaining in Will Smith's blockbuster filmography, we hit a rough patch, an identityless era of his career, a group of mostly critically panned and commercially ignored projects that we've been dreading for weeks. So, were they as bad as we feared? We tell the truth on the fifth edition of Getting Willy With It, the 139th episode of What's in the Box Office. Cue theme music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's in the Box Office. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I came prepared with a... a what's the truth tell the truth sort of uh quip but yep. then you obviously beat me to it because yep. i don't know what i expected there uh so instead what i'll say is and i'm your host alec baldwin <laughs> okay <laughs> the best i could do on short notice listen they're not all gems they don't all go in the best of collection i mean I sometimes least... i just need to say something you know Listen, if it's not a gem, you know, give me like a knockoff or even just like a shiny rock. That's fine. <laughs> but um, getting willy with it. Fifth edition. Um, this is the. I don't know. What's a good word to describe this episode? I, I've never known how to pronounce this. OK, uh, I, be- I believe the word is Nadir. Nadir. Yeah. What's that yeah. mean? Uh, it's so it's like the it's the, the uh, it's the opposite of a peak. Yeah. Oh yes, that is what this yeah. is for sure. It is the low point. I, I genuinely because two episodes ago I said this is the pinnacle. So I looked. I was like, what is that word? And then yeah. I looked it up, and then I thought I can't put the nadir of his career because I feel like oh, I get I lost. That's perfect. Oh. The career nadir. The career nadir. <laughs> Will Smith's career nadir and uh, two. Uh, discuss the Nadir. We have our uh, Nadir, or just Deer. Uh, you know that makes it sound like he's a shitty friend, which is not. <laughs> yeah, that 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 one doesn't work because I thought does. it would sound cute because it sounds like dear friend. 
Sure. But it's actually just means something else entirely. <laughs> Our pinnacle. How about that? Our the peak friend that we have. I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, Ahmad Oats. Hello, Ahmad. Hello. How is it going? It's going well. I'm not even going to ask how these movies, how this group of movies were for everybody. I think we should just get into it. Uh, yeah. We watched uh, four films, Concussion, Suicide Squad, Collateral Beauty, and Bright. So here we go. Our first film is Concussion, released December 25th, 2015, Christmas Day, uh, directed by Peter Landsman, starring Will Smith, Alec Baldwin, Albert Brooks, Gugu Mbathara, Paul Reiser, Luke Wilson, and David Morse. 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, 55 on Metacritic. It opened at number seven at the box office with $10 million, and it grows 34 domestically and 48 worldwide. In 2013, Ridley Scott set out to find a director for his idea for a movie that explores the effects of concussions on professional athletes. In 2014, Scott decided to simply produce the film, and Smith signed on. It's obviously another small-scale project for Will, and another played an Oscar. And while he was nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance, the Academy didn't take notice. Concussion was, at the time, give, give us a... A few movies, the lowest-grossing film of Smith's career. Um, I have a few interesting things. We kind of mentioned this last week, but the the use of NFL logos in the film and footage. Yes, uh, I did some research into why this was allowed. Um, from Business Insider, they say, uh, according to entertainment lawyer Michael C. Donaldson, as long as the use of the NFL trademark and team logos does not in and of itself disparage or misrepresent the brands, there's no need to ask for permission. Uh, he said, uh, quote, browbeat a lot of people, the NFL browbeat a lot of people into paying fees that don't have to be paid. They extract those fees from filmmakers who are either nervous or not simply aware of their rights under the law. It's all right to say this Coca-Cola tastes awful. You can say, I hate Coca-Cola. What you can't say is something that misrepresents it, such as you drink a Coke and you drop dead. And someone says that happens all the time. Uh, that's the confusion. And then another article said uh, that Sony didn't even bother asking the NFL for the right to use their uh, footage or logos. Um, this was all, uh, before the movie came out, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, uh, about a, um, a TV spot for the film, a commercial that aired on television that showed some of the uh, the um, the the game footage. Um, perhaps that's why the filmmakers felt comfortable using the real film uh, footage. Let me just read this. A fair use of copyrighted material for storytellers does not generally cover commercial use. Um, that is why the HBO TV series Ballers, for example, used NFL logos in the episodes, but scrubbed them from the show's trailers. But Sony had to figure the NFL wouldn't take the PR hit of going after the movie over copyrights. So uh, just a lot of uh, wiggle room, which I found interesting in their use of uh, clearly copyrighted material without the express written consent of so, the NFL. So Focus could have used the NFL yeah, then. I guess. I guess. Huh. And they, they didn't, which seems odd because I, I – I generally don't like it when they're like, uh, oh, it's the big game. Who's playing? Oh, it's the Sharks and the Land Rovers. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds made up. Like, it sounds fake. Um, but uh, let's talk about uh, Concussion. Had anybody seen Concussion? Uh, Ahmad, are you still in your I'll See Every Will Smith? He's nodding his head. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, saw this in theaters for sure. Oh. On Christmas Day? Was it a nice Christmas? Uh, uh, I don't think we saw it Christmas Day, but probably soon after. <laughs> 
Okay. Noah, you hadn't seen this, right? Never. Never before. I hadn't either. Ahmad, how did it hold up compared to when you saw it? Uh, well, what did you think when you saw it initially, and uh, what did you think now? Um, I think when I saw it initially, I probably received it a little bit better than the second watch. On the second watch, I was not a fan. <laughs> That's in- I feel like I had I feel like that might coincide with me because I I watched this and I was like it's fine it's nothing it's a little boring it's a little this I have nitpicks we'll go into mm-hmm. but overall I was like this is I mean this isn't terrible um, and maybe if I watch it again in like three years I'll be like oh no 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 I actually don't like this uh, Noah how about you what did what did you think Yeah um, I think I kind of agree with you I mean I went into this thinking that it would be very bad. Oh, really? Because I I knew to expect that the rest of these movies would be very bad. And so I was just kind of in a mindset of like, oh, all these movies are going to be dog shit. Oh, see, I was looking forward to this one. I was like, this is like the one that might like be tolerable. Yeah. And And like, I don't, I don't think there's really anything to praise about this movie. I think it's just Mm -hmm. like kind of completely inert. It's like replacement level in every way, but also like not really bad. It's okay. It's like I I did I didn't I didn't uh dislike watching it. Yeah. But I was never like, oh, like this is when it gets good. You know, I found it interesting uh just the um like when he said what what's the thing? What is not is a CTE? Is that the what yeah. we call? It? Yeah. When yeah. they were like you have to name it and then he names it, it goes CTE. I'm like, "Holy shit, this is the guy who like came up with CTE." Like I found it very interesting in that regard except for one like the nfl which i'm sure i'm sure all of the events happened the guy was you know it might have been based on a book but the guy was involved in the making of whatever yeah but like you know the nfl like trailing the car and just like spying on them or just like intimidating i mean i get that might have happened it's just been done before like these big corporations sending goons around to do their their bidding and intimidation i more liked the tactics where they invite him to the conference and then just have out baldwin talk and then mm-hmm. just be like, well, we talked and he doesn't have anything to say. So I guess we're all set. And uh, that that's the kind of like intrigue or just like espionage aspect of it that, that I enjoy. I think Will Smith's good in it, though. I It's different than like it's similar to the seriousness of the roles in like Seven Pounds where it's very quiet and, and down in energy. But he has a sincerity to him in this. And this guy like enjoys life, which Will Smith brings out I, I like how subdued he was but when he was enjoying himself you could see that and when he was the ups were up and i his his sparkling personality was allowed to show through i thought it was a nice restrained performance from him did you guys like him in this i thought he was fine i i think you know the i don't think the accent like did him any favors uh but i i agree that like it was the character was sort of like uh, bright and charming enough to be to like play to his strengths yeah i uh, but yeah i i wonder and you know i'm not i obviously don't know enough about the specifics of like a nigerian accent i, I wonder how well he was doing is kind of well let me tell you i'm not hang on i got this one. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Um, considering uh, that I am 50% Nigerian, mm. um, I can speak to this. Um, his accent was bad. 
It was it was okay. it was very bad. <laughs> I I I kind of figured that that might be the case in the way that like we hear like British people do an American accent, and on the one hand you're like, or yeah, the way, I guess that fits, or but also that, like, or in the way that I heard Alec Baldwin do Southern, and yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound. I mean, I know you're doing a Southern accent, but it sounds weird on you. Yeah, it's just like this is this is kind of like a a broad and general American accent, but it doesn't really belong anywhere, which is like I kind of felt like, OK, he's like he's doing like an African accent. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, is this is this it? Which is yeah. strange because he again, the guy was around. He had met him. I'm sure they paid for like, you know, vocal coaches, accent code, all this kind of stuff probably went into it. Well, what was so off about it? If, if was there a way to describe it, what was off? It, it is hard to describe. It's like he had the the basics of the uh-huh. accent down, like the foundation seemed like it was coming from a good place. But then, like just like the more he talked, it was just like, uh, no, this is he's butchering this. I, I just can't even. It was hard to listen to. <laughs> he, uh, it's one of those things where, and I'm not comparing myself to any actor or that. But when I put on a fake accent for whatever fun reason, whenever I start to talk like in a normal sentence. I find I lose it. Like if I get quiet or if I say just a general thing, I start to lose it. Is it similar to like that where it's just like the more that he talked in just general conversation, like it just, it kind of lost itself. But um, I thought he was good. You know, all right. So his accent wasn't good. So uh, what else? I mean, I found it interesting. I I thought Albert Brooks was a lot of fun, but he's, I mean, he, he could do that in his sleep. He's a ton of fun anyway. Which one was um, Albert Brooks? He was he played his boss. Oh, got you. Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was that was a role that I thought like was good just because Albert Brooks is just great, just, like an yeah. incredible presence. But I don't, I don't think he was doing anything no. like no, no, no. particularly noteworthy. Um, I, he's a fun, he's a fun guy. I I thought it was funny when the FBI was like uh, uh, when he goes, oh well, I'll just quit. You can't quit. If if you quit, it'll revoke your. Uh, your green card or whatever. And they go, yeah. he goes, Oh, I'll get another job. Now in Philadelphia, <laughs> that's like, I'm saying, Oh, I'll get another job in another city. And they go, okay. They're like, all right, yeah, you do perfect. that. <laughs> Shit. You got us. And I'm like, was that <laughs> your plan? Like, is that going to stop his research? Is he has to go to Pittsburgh or whatever? I, I mean, they're works? just, they're just Pittsburgh fans. <laughs> I guess and, he was in Pittsburgh. So he'd go yeah. to Philadelphia. But I just, that was such a weird thing where they were like, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, you're out of luck there. <laughs> yeah. You can get another job. in city. It sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Do, that's you exactly. do you want to ride? We can give you a reference. Um, oh, that was funny. I, you know, I, yeah. I found it. I found it very strange. Uh, the Mike O'Malley character, his coworker. Just get over it, man. My like, God. I, I, I'm sure that, like, you know, I have a as not a doctor. Obviously, I have I have sort of a picture of doc you know they have to go they have to go through so many years of school that like when they come out the other side i feel like they just kind of have to be like smart Mm -hmm. uh and like i we all we all know that's not true you know look at at congress we know that's not true of lawyers hey whoa 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 (laughs) excuse me takes Uh, but it's just it's just so weird like how does this how does this fucking meathead like go to medical school and then and then he's working in a coroner's office, and the coroner's like, "I'm going to do an autopsy now." Is it and he's like, "How the fuck are you do doing an autopsy every time?" Yeah. Is that Get, step away from that body, sir. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those things where, like, you know, I'm a big Bulls fan, 
right? Yeah. But if, like, I don't know, if, God forbid, like, Luol Dang died and I was a coroner, and someone was like, I need to search him to see what happened, I wouldn't be like, you step away from him, man. He was, the heart, he was the heart and soul of our team for a decade, you son of a bitch. And what you're doing to him is disgusting. Don't you dare like, cut him open. Which is all true about Luol Dang, but I'm not going to play yeah, yeah. It's every is... person who played for the Steelers cannot be your personal hero. Can't be your Michael Jordan. You have to relax. Yeah, this is fucking. This is what we do here. This is our function. And like, sure, it's weird that I talk to them. I guess, yeah. but like, get over it. Maybe I yeah. like to shut up. There were certain scenes that that I did enjoy. I liked. Um, I got a little tired of him speaking to the corpses, but. Uh, I I, uh, I liked the to tell the truth thing. I really liked that guy's argument. I liked him saying, if this comes out and even like a 10% of the mothers in this country yeah. don't send their sons to football, foot, foot there won't be a league. I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. Is that true? And, uh, and, 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 and stuff like that I enjoyed. I, I know this is based on this guy's life, but... Everything with him falling in love and having that separate life, I thought was weird and disjointed from the movie. I thought that yes. we could have just started the movie with him. We could, we could, you know, we could play with the exact of a series of events, and maybe he starts married, and then the kid thing happens, and then you know, because again, I I get that the 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 loss of the child, which probably happened in God, I hope it did. Otherwise, that's a real fucking <laughs> swing to take. But uh, not that I hope it happened. But I I, I but um, that that is a direct what he thinks consequence of his actions, and that plays into the plot. And then them moving and him deciding not to take the Washington job is also a response to that happening. So I, that, that all that is fine. But like him with his like, uh, like, you know, that whole scene where she turns on the TV goes, Oh, we don't, I don't watch TV. And she's like, okay, well I do. But I, him being like, I don't drink coffee. I don't eat breakfast. Well, I'm going to do these things. I'm not going to live like you all the time. What is wrong with you? That was the weirdest policy to be like, oh, I actually don't do that, so that can't ever be done in the house. <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> did, like, did you guys find it especially weird that after like he revealed he was going to be published and she's like, great, we're going out to celebrate, and then it cuts to them like in the club? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all, like, I all I was thinking think about... going to the club, guys. All I was thinking about was him staring at his closet being like, I guess the pink shirt. I don't really have anything <laughs> that will work here. Uh, what's what's so crazy? So you know, the love story I thought was just tacked on. It didn't add anything to his character or the story. Uh, when they were talking about it, I you know him saying I just want to be seen as an American, like all that works. I just the first twenty minutes of them falling in love and very quickly falling in love and getting married, uh, seemingly like in three mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah, I think could have could have gone, and I love Gugu uh, Mbathra. I I think that she's a terrific actress. She's very I, good. She's fucking phenomenal in everything she does. She's she's one of my low key faves. Like one of those names that you should just pay attention to more because she's great. Yeah, um, and she's good in the movie. I mean, she's good in the second half of the movie when she has these things to do. But just that sure. first half just stops the movie in its tracks. It really bugs me. What else? 
Um, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Um, I just wanted to say the to expand on that the tell the truth uh, scene. I I really love that scene, and I know that we've all of us have turned it into um, inside jokes, yeah. <laughs> you know, on each of our ends. Oh, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then I watched it, and I was like, "Ooh, the emotion that um, yeah. that Will Smith was able to convey in that scene, like you really feel it." Like, and I feel like that was one of the examples of the ways that, even though this was a much more reserved character than we've seen from him along the lines of like like Hancock reserved that type of, you know, that type of uh, reserved Will Smith performance. He was still able to get a little bit of that charm in there, a a little bit of the funny in there, you know, at times. Um, So so I I did really like Will Smith in this movie, even if I thought the movie as a whole was a little boring. Yeah. It kind of of loses... Uh, loses what little impact it has as more time passes mm. because you know this is this is a classic like based on a true story movie that like doesn't really end it's just suddenly like they're in a new house now right he gives and, a he gives a speech of david morse yeah and then there's a few title cards being like this is what CTE is. And like, this is what happened two years later. This is what and happened to Albert Brooks or Alec Baldwin, whichever the name, there was one that was, no, like, it, was it was Albert Brooks okay. where all the charges were dropped. Yeah. Which uh, like, uh, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just leave that scene out entirely. Cause it's, I mean, not even that, like I just assumed I, I, I didn't leave that movie going, Oh no, but what about that? I just, yeah. just a weird thing to be like, the NFL continues. People die every day. Also this dude's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But so, but the end, the end of it is like, so, so yeah, in conclusion, CTE is a really big deal, but now it's 2021 and like the NFL is just kind of like weathered it. They, they have a, they have a concussion protocol now, and so like helmets have more padding or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, and they're like a little more aware of it, and now it's fine. And so you're like, oh, like the league made it. They, just they fucking also... uh, fucking, and I we can't we can't let this pass without talking about Luke Wilson as Roger Goodell. <laughs> uh, well, one one. We one thing I want to say before you go off on Luke Wilson, uh, it does end in a pessimistic way. It ends with him just watching a high school practice and these two guys just fucking bonk each other on the head. And he's, yeah. it's like him being like, oh, no, like, I didn't change anything. It does end very, uh, uh, you know, down downtrodden. Um but this movie also is a giant love letter to the end. There, there. I don't like mm-hmm. how f- did they didn't take it far enough. There were so many yeah. things of, you know, if it's Michael Malley being like, well, you know, this town was down, and those guys are the only ones that helped yeah. up, and or you know, her saying, oh, this sport is beautiful, which yeah, him at the end in his speech, truly, I still don't. Want- yeah, truly, her line of it's very beautiful. We almost made me throw up. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, we don't, yeah. And then at the end, like, my wife watches it and she's a big fan and she loves it. And, and I love it with her. Yeah. I've seen the grace and the power. Yeah. Why? Why are you sucking the dick of the sport? Like, we, yeah, it's, like, you don't need, you're not, you're not trying to convince Mike O'Malley that this is real. You're yeah. trying to convince, um, 
you know, Gugu Mambathara, who is like a casual viewer that this is real. You're not converting the diehards. You don't need to pander to them in that way. I really was like, you you need, they needed to go full throttle on the criticism and them just like really just, just sucking up to the NFL was very weird and gross, especially because this movie is very much against the NFL. Um, All right. No, Luke Wilson, Roger Goodell. Yeah. I mean, I, unfortunately I don't have like a lot to go off on, but like, what are you doing? Is that like, is it stunt casting? <laughs> like, is that supposed to be like, oh shit, now Roger Goodell's here and it's Luke Wilson? Like, why? So, he's, not a, he's not a good actor. So it's not like we have one Goodell scene and we got to make it count. He's not a, like a big name. So you're suddenly like, oh shit, they got Robert De Niro. It's just, why? It's just a, com- a comedy guy. Who would yeah. you realistically stunt cast? I... Oh shit! Give who looks like Roger Goodell, like Bradley Cooper, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like Bra- Bradley Cooper could have been fun for like, and like there wasn't even like a Roger Goodell scene oh, when I was, saw, like, when I saw that. Like, oh, like Luke Wilson is Roger Goodell. I guess there's gonna be like a showdown in a boardroom, but there's just like a TV <laughs> clip of him. Yeah, that was it. Also, I also didn't like Eddie Marsden just going. I don't like it but I can't ignore the science. Just like that, yeah. that idea of like a scientist who's like, God damn it. Like, you know, in, in these COVID times, very, it's just like, I, I don't care if you don't like it. It's the sign. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. very like doctor, just like, you know, a, a right wing doctor being like, Oh, I don't like it, but you should wear a mask. <laughs> but, but my, my vows of science compel me. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just there on the page. You should just go with it. Yeah. Um, all right. Star star rating on uh, on concussion. I give it uh, two. I also give it two. In fact, I had written mine down previously, and I was navigating the tabs. So the two was a little surprise. <laughs> I, I also gave it a two. Well, yeah. I think. Let's see if that continues. Our next film is Suicide Squad. Uh, calling a pig least... over there. What? <laughs> so you calling a pig over there? Your your emphasis on Sui is out. Yeah, uh, released August fifth, two thousand sixteen. Directed by David Ayer. I put a Y in directed by. I guess I was like <laughs> anticipating the Y in Ayer. Uh, starring Will Smith, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, Jai Courtney, Cara Delevingne, and Jared Leto as Mister J. Twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, forty on Metacritic, which seems high. Opened at number one with one hundred and thirty three million dollars, and grossed three twenty five in North America and seven hundred forty seven million worldwide. Okay, lot here. Let's get into it. David Ayer signed on to write and direct the film in two thousand fourteen. He had roughly six weeks to write a script in incapacitatedly short amount of time because Warner Brothers had already set a release date and pushing the back the release might have given a negative impression of the project on the outset. Uh, Robbie Smith, Ryan Gosling, and Tom Hardy were originally approached for roles in the film. Leto signed on soon after taking the role of Joker, initially being courted for Gosling, which I think would have been a mistake. Um, The main ensemble was announced at the end of 2014, including Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, scheduling issues with The Revenant, caused him to drop out. Jake Gyllenhaal and Joel Edgerton were considered before Joel Kinnaman, stepped in at the time 
At the same time, he was be uh, this, at the same time as he was being courted for the Suicide Squad. Will Smith was also offered Independence Day two. Quote: I had the two screenplays in front of me. Nothing about the qualities of the movie, but the choice of trying to go forward and do new things and create and hopefully be able to stumble upon a new heyday. Smith told EW as his, in 2016 as his reason for taking on the role. The film was his first foray into a true ensemble since Independence Day. And while the film failed critically, something must have intrigued audiences because the film became his highest grossing film domestically and worldwide. Uh, the film had a very troubled production, and I have an article to read you from uh, The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Suicide Squad Secret Drama. Here we go. Okay, um, let's skip the beginning. Okay, uh, yet if the villain team-up ultimately works and it has drawn some harsh early reviews, it will be in spite of the kind of behind-the-scenes drama that is typically that is becoming typical for giant franchise movies that are now the main focus of the studio business. A production schedule engineered to meet an ambitious release date, a director untested in making tentpole movies, and studio executives brimming with anxiety who are ready to intercede forcefully as they attempt to protect a branded asset, which is odd because this wasn't a brand. Um, so despite some grueling moments, multiple editors and competing cuts, the production of Suicide Squad barely stands out. Oh, we don't need that. Uh... Okay, here we go. Uh, Though the studio believed there was enough time to get the movie done, a source with ties to the project says it was a sprint from the start. Quote, Air wrote the script in like six weeks and they just went. He says, arguing the whole process would have benefited if Air 48 had been given more time to work. Um, Air had obviously never made uh, a movie of this size before, but that was on now. People were pulling drama and independent. He didn't make independent films, but whatever. Um, a source with knowledge of events say Warner executives nervous from the start grew more anxious after they were blindsided and deeply rattled by the tepid response to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Quote, Kevin, a different Kevin than Foggy, uh, the one who was the head of DC at the time, was really pissed about damage to the brand, says one executive close to the studio. A key concern for Warners was that Suicide Squad didn't deliver on the on the fun, edgy tone promised in the strong teaser trailer for the film. So while Ayer pushed for his original vision, Warner set about working on a different cut with an assist from Trailer Park, the company that had made the teaser. By the time the film was done, multiple editors had been brought into the process, though only John Gilroy is credited. A source says he left by the end of the process and the final editor was different. Uh, when you have, quote, when you have big temples and time pressure, you pull in resources from every which way you can, says this source. You can't do it the way it used to be done with one editor and assistant editor. Um, in May, Ayer's more somber version and a lighter studio-favored version were tested with audiences in Northern California. Quote, if there are multiple opinions that aren't in sync, you go down multiple tracks, two tracks at least. This was a case for a period of time. Uh, those who assisted with the film, those associated with the film insisted Air agreed to and participated in the process. Once feedback on the two versions were analyzed, it became clear that it was possible to get to a very common ground place. The studio favored version with more characters introduced early in the film and jazzed up graphics won. No shit. Uh, getting to that place of consensus, however, required millions of dollars worth of additional photography. Uh, and it goes on. Actually, it doesn't go on that much further. Let me see if there's anything else interesting. Um, but just the idea right that they brought in 
a studio, a company that specifically cuts trailers to cut this movie is very indicative of what you see in that final product. And it's all there on the screen. Um, I mean, this thing was just a mess. The studio got scared. Everyone liked that teaser. They're like, great, let's just make it that way. And David Ayer was like, we didn't shoot it to make it that way. And they were like, well, we'll get there uh, at some point. Uh, personal issue with Suicide Squad. No, you and I saw this in theaters. Yes, we did. Of course we did. We definitely saw it in theaters. And there was a moment in it where I remember us laughing out loud. I might have written it down. Uh, Ahmad, did you see this in theaters? No, I've never seen this. Wow, you've never seen Suicide Squad. Well, before I get to my notes, uh, what did you think? Um, so I went into this thinking that it was going to be like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, I feel like um, the fan thoughts about this movie were generally that it was very bad. Yeah. So I went into it with very low expectations. Um, it, it didn't really exceed those expectations but it wasn't i don't think it was like the worst movie i've ever seen but i only enjoyed like parts of it i I enjoyed a few performances of the characters that they actually felt like fleshing out yeah um but for the most part it was just okay until the last like maybe 30 minutes that was just very bad (laughs) noah how did it hold up for you i it was i mean just just as bad as I remember, I guess. I mean, it's yeah, it's certainly it's, as baffling as I remember. Yes, it's. I found it most interesting put in context, and you know, I won't, I won't step on Collateral Beauty too much, but like, there's bad, and then there's bad, <laughs> and like Suicide Squad is bad. Don't get me wrong, but it could have been worse. I don't know. I give Collateral Beauty the credit for uh, at least trying to do something. Um, We'll 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 talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. Noah and I, uh, on our original site and original podcast, uh, made lists of the best and worst films of that year. Suicide Squad made both of our lists. Uh, Mine, it came in at number... Should I make sure this is mine? It's not. Uh, Suicide Squad, on my list of the 10 worst films, came in at number six in 2016. I said, it's very apparent this film was butchered by a studio so afraid and desperate for a crowd-pleasing hit. The entire first half has 48 top 40 songs playing to introduce us to most, not all, of the cast. The flashbacks and Joker interludes are haphazardly taped into the final product. And oh, look, it's Batman. But let's say David Ayer got to make the movie he wanted. This would still be a story about the government deciding the best way to fight Superman and the inevitable witch god thing is to bring together people who are either regular people who shoot very well or are only good for close combat. Why? Why are these the people they're so sure are capable of stopping Superman-like threats? They don't even stop the villain of this movie without a giant bomb. Then you talk about the fact that this film just goes from A to B to C with nothing really happening or ever developing or changing besides the occasional helicopter crash and and them wandering further into the city. And this movie would have probably been bad without Warner Brothers' influence. But influence, they did, and the movie goes from bad to one of the worst of the year. Noah, where did it rank on your list? Uh, I had it as the one, two, three, the fifth worst movie of the okay. year. What did you write at the time? I So I didn't actually, uh, the only, I went to the site, My the only list I found there was yours. Uh, uh, if you keep scrolling down, yours is there. I'm, I, I, I can read it if you want. I... Yeah, all I've, okay. all I've got... Noah wrote... Uh, it was also number five. 
No, are, are you on the list tab or are you just on yeah. the podcast tab? Okay. It almost, this is what Noah wrote. It almost feels excessive to keep beating up on Suicide Squad at this point. DC's latest colossal creative failure, a stress creative since it made boatloads of money, just does not make, did you find it? I did. Okay, go ahead. Finish it. I just does not make. Yes, just does not make any sense from the word go. Zero percent of these people belong on a team designed to save the world from an evil Superman. There's no reason to send this team of mercenaries on a mission that you're willing to send the army on anyway. Where was Batman or the Flash when this gesticulating witch was going to destroy the world with her machine? The whole thing falls apart on a fundamental level, even before the studio had a chance to jump in and somehow make it worse. Yeah, I, I, I think about I think that's about how we feel now, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that uh, I mean it's only been a few years, uh, um, but yeah, I think that that pretty much gets at the long and short of it. I I was so immediately anxious to talk about this movie that I took notes for it. You know, even the beginning, which is just a an hour long trailer where we're getting. And we're getting Eminem, we're getting the Rolling Stones, we're getting a thousand songs introducing these people with stats and like frozen graphics and bright colors and shit. They, they, they bring up, they introduce three people and then Amanda Waller's walking and she goes, that's where I come in. And then it says Suicide Squad. And then we're introduced to nine more people. The title card placement is insane in this movie. It comes up entirely anticlimactically. It's awful. How are these people the worst of the worst? Ahmad, how are they the She says these are the worst of the worst. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, God, that's so bad. Go ahead. No. The Captain Boomerang in particular. <laughs> he doesn't even He's seem serving evil. three consecutive life sentences? So what? Being drunk and robbing jewelry stores? I mean, he doesn't... He yeah, only- I mean, I- kind of murders that i don't even know if he murders yeah, I think that he kills i think he kills that guy right fine he kills i just like he seems like the least threatening of all of them um th- uh just going through it the, the, the batman decides it's best to engage with a criminal in front of his daughter in an alley batman? that was so wild that's where we're doing yeah. this in an alley sir is that not bringing you back some flashback the daughter stands he, he said <laughs> He says, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter. Like, what are you talking about? Pick another time. Yeah, we're right, doing why it. did you come? Also, <laughs> yeah, so we've started says, doing it. Uh, the, the daughter stands in front of Batman to stop Deadshot from shooting him, but then Batman just stands there like a girl is in front of a gun. You can stop that from being the case if you move. But Batman's just like, yeah, what are you going to do, shoot her? Yeah, you're going to shoot yeah. the daughter? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this is Snyder Batman. So yeah, the uh, the Joker hangs out at a bougie club that plays Rick Ross. <laughs> All of Common's tattoos and piercings. Oh god! Uh, Batman punching Harley Quinn in the face underwater, which got a genuine laugh from us in the theater. Do you remember that happening? No. Sure, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> she literally swipes and he goes. <laughs> yeah, she's got like a knife. <laughs> she starts swinging, and then it's literally just like the sound of a cartoon. <laughs> she's just ugh, she's just hanging in the water. Um, Wait, well, can I, I can I ask a, yes, a question? Why is Superman dead? Because I haven't watched any of the movies before this. How did he die? You haven't watched any he, of the DC movies? No, you don't, like don't watch them. They're all bad. No, I mean I saw I saw Wonder Woman, but 
Okay. Like, so why so, Superman? Uh, the, okay, so Batman v Superman, they're fighting for an unknown reason. Wait, we do know it. Batman, uh, Lex Luthor frames Superman for destroying like the UN or something, or like the <laughs> Senate, something like that. Uh, and so Batman's like, okay, that's enough. This guy is a problem. I need to stop him. And so Batman creates a spear made out of crypt- uh, kryptonite. And he has a giant metal suit on, so he can't move very fast. And all he has is a spear when you could like make like a gun. Um, and then they get into a big fight. <laughs> and... Uh, Superman loses the Batman loses the spear, and they don't kill each other because both of their parents' names are Martha, which I don't think is that terrible of a reason. I, I mean, it is odd that they're both like, "Wait a minute, your mom's name is Martha, and my mom's name is Martha." Uh, we can't kill each other now. Are you that serious? Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Big, I mean, they're, like, they're like they're the, locked in a battle, and yeah, the big yeah. joke of the movie because Martha, Superman's mom, is being held hostage. And so, is that what it is? No, it should be allowed to. And unless he kills Batman, uh, I think I that's. I, I mean, it's. The, I, I think that's it's, the Lex Luthor thing. Is he tricked Batman into thinking Superman is evil, and he's gonna make Superman kill Batman, or else he'll kill his mom, something like that, which is dumb. Um, but the the big quote from the movie is like, Batman's like about to kill Superman, and uh, and and he just and Superman just goes. Martha. And then Batman goes, why did you say that name? That's the big line from it. Uh, and so they decide not to kill each other. And there's a bigger monster that has to be killed. And Wonder Woman shows up. And then Superman uses his the kryptonite spear that Lois Lane found in the pond. And then he like stabs himself with it and the guy and then flies into space and dies. And then he gets resurrected in Justice League. Okay. Anyway, this takes place. This takes place in between that. This takes place in between. That's why when they were like, uh, you know, now Superman can't do that anymore. Um, so let's 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 break down where I'm at right now in this movie, which is the flashback with Heart with Joker in the with Common in the club, and then just killing Common for no reason. Common's not in the movie anymore. And uh, do we have anything to say about the show? Just keep going. I no, I mean the all of the all of the stuff with the Joker is insane that it's in the movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean not not about like that particular scene. Okay. That was that was fine. fine. So Amanda Waller is introducing them all and she go and she's describing Cap Boomerang. Uh we see the flashback where we get to see the flash, Ezra Miller makes a cameo, which is dumb. And uh, and then they cut back to Amanda Waller, and she says he tangled with a metahuman and lived to tell about it as a way for him to be tough. And I wrote down, "I'm sorry, does the Flash kill people? What do you mean he lived to tell about it? This is like a 19 year old kid who makes quips. And like, I mean, the Flash didn't tear him apart. I mean, that's tough stuff. Like, no, he doesn't kill anyone. He's not like a foe who like would rip them in half. Um, every every single." adversary of the flashes could have been on the suicide squad yes like that just a a, 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 like a a regular like jewelry store robber just like (laughs) oh shit he lived he saw the flash and he lived to tell about it 
there, she's describing Killer Croc, and she says Evolution took a step back with this one, or he says it. Uh, the guy from uh, Harper from Stranger Things, what's his name? David what? Harbor. I... Harbor. Yeah, yeah, something Harbor. Um, Evolution took a step back with this one. I don't think you know how Evolution works because this is a human crocodile hybrid. <laughs> this seems like an advance in evolution. Not like, like, does he think that like crocodiles evolved from a humanoid crocodile or did we came from crocodiles? Because that would imply it took a step back on that one. That was a dumb line. They don't know how evolution works. What Fun if facts. Superman? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the guy who um, played Killer Croc was also the guy from Concussion. concussion. Yeah. Yes, he has a very that long name. That committed suicide at the end. Yeah, he, he was oh. the, he, he was the guy who uh, was like the other guy was yelling at in the street and he was like show some yeah, respect. The, yeah. Yeah, the guy that he has, uh, worked at ESPN. His name his name starts with an A. Yeah, it's a long yeah, it's a long name. name. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the quote, what if Superman decided to rip the roof off the White House and grab the president? Who would stop him? Not Rick Flag. Again, just no one on this team could yeah, stop him. It's really, it's really the the fundamental problem with this movie making any sense yeah is that if you're trying if you're trying to combat the next superman like you haven't done it and how does (laughs) no one stand up and be like what is what are we gonna do shoot him (laughs) hit him with a bat like we can't all are close combat fighters it is insane like literally killer croc can only hurt someone if they're in arm reach he doesn't even have a weapon Harley Quinn at least has a bat, which gives her an extra two feet of hitting. Yeah. Um, after they go to the jail, Rick Flag is yeah. I wrote Rick Flag is yelling at Amanda Waller about how these people are criminals after spending the entire day flying to and recruiting prisoners in a jail. <laughs> like they literally just like he 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 gives Deadshot the gun. He goes to the the um, Jay Hernandez in the tank, and then they come to him and he's like, "You can't trust any of these people. They're just criminals." I'm like you that the whole this whole day has been about going to a prison and recruit what are you talking about well he could he couldn't he couldn't show his uh, questioning of orders in front of them (laughs) says they're antisocial as if that's not as this as if that's a reason to not use them like these guys aren't even good at a party they're not good with people we don't need them to be good with people that's the last thing that we care about um, the Joker's knife circle. I mean, just we people have mentioned it before, but he spent hours setting all that up just so he could lie in oh. it. <laughs> nothing to do. There's also like three, like onesies for a baby around the outside edge, which that. I yeah. did not enjoy. Just thinking about <laughs> him just buying that. Um, Rick Flag is eating a chicken while looking out a chicken leg while looking out of a window <laughs> at a hotel. Anybody notice that scene? It starts at the hotel and um, Enchantress is in bed asleep before she like turns into Enchantress. And he's just like, <sighs> I, just, I didn't notice the chicken leg this time around, but it sounds very familiar now that with you saying it. Uh, the scene of them releasing the prisoners and putting the transmitter in them is the best scene in the movie. It is like precisely the tone they want. It's fun. You know, it's got the, it's got like the Will Smith, like just doing, you know, getting ready to fight them. And just, he has that great line, that really cool line where he just goes like, they're like ready. And he's like, right, come on, like, let's go. And he, you know, it's got the, the Harley Quinn thing where she just goes, Hey, who are you? What are you doing? You know, it, it's, they, uh, the, they, they take the hood off killer croc and they don't know where to put it or how to get it in his skin. That that scene is like what this movie wants to be. And it's not, 
Um, there's another bright beam in the sky, just like in every other fucking superhero movie. Just a big, yeah. big bright beam of light, and it has to be in everything. Uh, Slipknot punches a woman. Two women are punched in this movie. Um, and then I, 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 I counted this. No, it, 50 minutes in is when they finish introducing Katana, which is the last person that gets an introduction. 50 minutes into a movie, and they're like, we have the whole team. Um, uh, uh, a reason for punching. Oh, and then um, Slipknot punches a woman when he yeah. uh, when when he gets out of the car, he punches the woman in the face, and he said she had a mouth, and that's why he punched her. So that's three women. These are all of Slipknot's lines. She had a mouth. What's that? How do you know that? He's in the movie for eight minutes and fifty two seconds. The reason I bring this up, Ahmad, no one knows this, is because this guy's played by Adam Beach, who's a, who was a very he was a good younger up and coming actor in like the early two thousands. He went on every publicity tour for this movie. <laughs> like they were like, you know, Margot Robbie's here, she plays uh, Harley Quinn. Adam Beach is here, he plays Slipknot. He went to Comic Con. He was on Conan. He was like a part of the squad, and that entire time, Adam Beach knew in his head. <laughs> That he comes into this movie 45 minutes in and leaves eight minutes later. <laughs> and that must have just been wild to just be like, you know, oh, hi, nice to meet you, Joel Kinnaman. I know we didn't ever get a chance to speak, but it's nice to finally meet you. Um, the man who could climb anything is how they describe him. He uses grappling guns. <laughs> so that, that's he's that <laughs> anyone, could have, anyone could do that. Also, he doesn't even do it particularly quickly. No, he does, he does like in a video game where you go, I got to go. Or you're training you in a video game. I have to go here and then aim and go to this building. Also, he uses grappling guns and 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 which is which is a thing that Batman uses, right? Uh-huh. We all know. Sure. What does Captain Boomerang use again, Noah? I believe it's a boomerang. And what is that? What is that very similar to? A uh, batarang. Batarang. <laughs> So two of the people that can take down these superheroes and they just, each one uses an individual thing that Batman has on his utility belt at all times. <laughs> yes. Very funny. Um, not 10 seconds after Slipknot dies, Deadshot turns to Harley and says, hey, let's escape. We, we just, he, he literally goes, we got, let's get out of here. What? We just saw the consequence of that happening. Um is the Harley scene in the elevator the most random disjointed one in the movie? Like, I know it's supposed to be fun, but it feels crazy out of nowhere where she's just riding up that elevator and guys keep, she keeps beating up guys. It just feels completely yeah. unnecessary. I most random disjointed. No, I mean, <laughs> I, you can't, you can't, you can't top the Joker and Batman stuff. That's just from a different movie entirely. Um, Deadshot threatens to punch Harley. Says he doesn't care that she's a woman. So now we've three confirmed and one threatening. Is it so crazy as everyone thinks it is that a man can shoot fire out of his hands? I mean, compared to everyone else on the team, yeah. yeah He's got superpowers. We all live in a world where uh, we have Superman. We saw aliens from space. Uh, big goo monster killed Superman. So Wonder Woman's around. The Flash. That's They were acting like that was like the craziest thing they've ever seen in their lives. Um, I noticed at this time, Jared Leto sounded a lot like Heath Ledger in this movie. Did anybody else get, get that tone from his voice? No. Really? No. I'd... Oh, I, I, I thought, yeah, I definitely. Maybe he was doing like a bad impression, but I, <laughs> I, I, I never thought Heath Ledger. Um, 
Deadshot bound, bonded with Harley so much that he can't kill her after Waller offered him his kid and freedom. That seemed out of character for him. Yeah, it's like the only thing he wanted from this ex- the entire yeah. like excursion. He was just like, nah. Well, I like Harley too much. Why? I mean, she's fun, but like, you guys aren't friends. Yeah. He was thinking back to that time they pulled those heists. <laughs> it's uh, It's very funny that they wanted us to think the Joker had died. Like, it's the first introduction for this Joker. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. At least three helicopters crash in this fucking movie. That's true. Literally, yeah. they have a helicopter crash three times. Like, we can't think of any other reason why they have to be stopped. Um, why, I said this in the thing. Why isn't Batman the Flash or Wonder Woman there? The God's one weakness is a large fireman and a bomb. The, the bomb thing, especially, I thought was great. Like... This this guy this guy is like a centuries old witch man. He's like ten feet tall, yeah. and and you just kill him with a bomb, just a regular bomb. You kill him with a bomb, and like a guy who's on fire is able to stop him. Like this guy was like turning into tentacles and leveling trains and people, and yet like some guy could just like push on him and he can't move. Um. Diablo's epic final last words upon giving his life to save the world. Now you're screwed. Great. Well done. Good. Well written down. And then um, the, the last line I wrote on, I remember this is the line. No, I remember specifically us laughing our fucking heads off in the theater. Harley Quinn has just retrieved the heart from the yeah. witch thing. And Rick flag turns to Deadshot, Who's also there. And who's also in heaven. And he shouts, her heart's out. We can end this. I mean, <laughs> Captain Obvious, insane. <laughs> and then the last note I have: uh, executive producer Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, classic. Yep. Fucking uh, Cla- Trump, <clears throat> cabinet member, uh, executive producer of this movie. After uh, no, this is right before the election. Classic is, uh, Trump era humor. Before <laughs> the election, but um, I mean, Jed, like. Ahmad, it's the first time seeing it. Did you feel disjointed by like how we just kept introducing characters with like these top forty hits over and over again? Uh, no. As as somebody who was seeing this for the first time, I actually didn't mind that part. Like, I I thought, you know, the first ten minutes with the soundtracks, like I feel like I heard some action Bronson, some black skinhead, some black keys, and then black skinhead. And then the the montages of each character. What my main takeaway from this movie, and I don't necessarily know what DC was trying to do with this movie, like, but my thought was my first thought was to Marvel and the Avengers and how all of the Avengers characters, at least the main ones, had been fleshed out in their own movies before yes. we we went into you know, combining them. We knew who they were. We had reasons to care about, cared about, about all mm-hmm. of them for different reasons. And I don't know, you know, if it's different because these are all criminals, but I thought the concept of a like criminal team could be interesting if the criminals were more interesting themselves. But like, I also knew nothing about any of these characters. I mean, I knew a little bit about Harley Quinn just because right. of, things I've heard from all the other movies, but like I didn't know anything about these movies going in and then they did nothing to make me care about them. Like as the movie went on. So 
it, it was really hard to stay invested there. But so I feel like the the flashy stuff that they did in the beginning is the stuff that was actually for me just like, all right. I mean, I guess that's that's cool to see. We were um, that's a good that's a great point. A lot of people have pointed that out that like Marvel took its time to make us care about those. And even and and the DCU DCU decided to rush it. You know, Batman is going to be in the Man of Steel sequel. Uh, Wonder Woman is introduced in the Man of Steel sequel. And then we get her movie right before Justice League. We're not, we're, we're getting Aquaman in Justice League before he gets his own movie. Flash still hasn't had a movie. Um, they rushed to this point. The, compa- the interesting comparison, though, is that this didn't even need to have multiple movies. We didn't need like a Deadshot movie before this. Take a look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. which are also a group of characters that have to form a team. And that's less people and also just a more cohesive (laughs) movie because they learn to care about each other. Like these people say nothing to each other. And then they spend one scene in a bar being like, didn't we make great friends with each other? Like, I don't see, didn't see any of that. Nobody changed. Nobody (laughs) changed. Um, I mean, just what it, what it needed was to just actually be like my understanding of what like this premise of suicide squad is in the comics is like, we need, we need to like break into a gulag and break some prisoners out. And like, we can't be seen doing that. So here's some like really good criminals. Go, Uh. go do, go do this covert mission. If you get found, you know, you're, you know, we've never heard of you. We can't believe you broke out of jail. We're shocked, shocked. Uh, but like, go do this for us. And if they, if they just done that, if they were just like, listen, we need you to go like assassinate someone in fucking Venezuela and just like go on a mission by yourselves. And then we could have seen them interacting and having chemistry and building honor among thieves or whatever. And then come out the other side and been like, okay, I get it because Mm. you know, We've, we already know Will Smith and Margot Robbie, very charismatic. They work very well together. They're like, their, their, their charm works for them in this movie too. They really Uh, needed to be the central pair where like they, they're co-leaders with these people. Like Margot doesn't want to be a leader. She's against it. And then she just kind of like develops into that role and realizes, Hey, I actually am. These guys respect me. I think it's pretty clear that the villain of this needed, if you needed to have the Joker, you needed to be the Joker. The villain needed to be the Joker, Harley Quinn has to go on this mission in order to get out to save the, you know, to be with the Joker that brings a conflict in her. And it also just, it's just small stakes when, when you have these people and you have this giant issue, it's, it's why no and I are watching WandaVision and I can't help but think, you know, if, if, uh, if I, I, Mod hasn't seen any of it, so, but like, well, we watched if, the first two episodes. Okay. If there's something wrong with Wanda, why aren't you calling any of her friends? <laughs> why, why aren't you calling anybody who has a relationship with her? It's this weird thing where because you've expanded this universe, I know the other people out there. I know there are other options. You need to create a scenario where it eliminates those options from being the case. I don't know how you would have done that with the Joker. Maybe he takes over the prison and then they're inside the prison. So they're like, listen, you you have to do you have to take over you have to take it over back from the joker and we'll release you from prison that's incentive like it has to be small stakes this movie tries to go huge and the ending is insane because of it it's similar ending to fantastic four isn't it Noah? where they're they're fighting this witch separately and it doesn't work 
because yeah. they're not strong enough to defeat a witch. Like oh, Harley Quinn can't beat up a witch. It's not going to happen. Like at one point, Will Smith just stands with his hands up against the witch. What do you do? You fight her with your fists? It's not going to happen. No, um, it's, it's nonsensical. It's nonsense. It's nonsensical. Let's talk about the performances, though, because obviously Margot Robbie is great in this movie. She's just a great actress, and she really fits this role to a T. Uh, I think Ike Barinholtz is really good in this, and like he's very good at that sleazy thing. Uh, he, he's as that sleazy cop. Um, what did you think of uh, the Joker, Ahmad? Jared Leto's performance. Um, with his grills i i mean i don't know it's the the bar is set so high for joker performances after heath ledger i i guess i respected the like punk rock (laughs) take on the joker but i didn't necessarily like think he was doing anything super special like i and he wasn't in the movie like enough that made sense where I was just like, eh, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Him, I, him just showing up randomly is just, it's so stupid. No, go ahead. What, what did you think of I him just, the second time? I, I think, you know, his, his Joker has a very bad reputation and I think that's pretty well-deserved, but I, I think it's just so harmed by how stupid he looks. <laughs> Like, I think his performance is, like, it's not good. It's not very memorable, but, like, it's not awful. No, it's not yeah. awful. But, but he's he's walking around with, like, a fucking deranged tattoo oh, on his tattoo. face. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. He's that just... Gold it's, on. He's got, like, yeah. an open shirt with no shirt. I think, like, I think the design of the Joker is, like, embarrassingly bad. It's almost like they, you know, there, there's one scene in it that I think he's really good. And it's when he's interrogating Ike Barinholtz in the chair and he makes like Baron Holtz like kiss the ring. And then he either asks him to say something. I think he asked him to say like, thank you or something. And then there's a pause and he like lunges at him and like sits on his lap and he goes, I know you meant it. Like just very, very quick and energetic and free and like fun in a way. And I was like, that's, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be this like weird, like it's almost like he thinks like the Joker's trick is you don't know what he's going to do. And I'm like, Mm. no, I think that he wants to have fun. That's, that's, that's what the Joker does is he enjoys this. And so that was the one moment it was a flash where I was like, Oh, that was actually good. Um, But I really think he sounded like Heath Ledger in this. What, uh, you know, after we saw this movie initially, my one big takeaway other than Margot Robbie's great in it is that Will Smith is also great in this. He's just good. He can do this in his sleep, but he's really good. He's really perfectly suited for that role. He's, he's he's got that calming voice, that calming wit that works really well. I think he's really. What did you guys think of uh, our our title podcast character? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I thought Will Smith was really good. The the charm that we know just oozes out of his body was was very prevalent here. Um. I, I thought that him and Margot Robbie definitely carried this movie on their shoulders uh, and the chemistry that they had together and that we already knew they had from Focus, um, I thought worked really, really well here as well. No. Yeah. I, I think this is a, this is just the character that we should have seen Will Smith doing like 60% of his career. He should, he, this is just, this is like baseline Will Smith and bad boys. I. Uh, 
And it's like, yeah, it's good. That's the best version of Will Smith. And uh, it's, this isn't like, he doesn't approach the highs of him in Bad Boys, but it's the it's the, it's the kind of character that he's doing, and he's, re- he's really good at it. And I'm still really annoyed that he's like, I don't want to be in like R-rated movies a bunch. Well, you're going to get one in a few minutes. Um, he also, I, those zombie things that they have to shoot, like why do they have to shoot yeah, any I, zombies? I, yeah, that's, why that's anything just, they have to shoot? Just like classic bad superhero movie stuff. Of, um, like, there's henchmen and they're... Yeah, yeah it's just... Modern. The idea in the middle of this movie is them getting attacked by henchmen, getting in a helicopter crash, then walking, then getting attacked, then a helicopter crash. It's the same three events over and over again. Uh, The last thing is the surprise to me is that I enjoyed him even more this time. An actor I don't generally care for. Jai Courtney's great as Captain Boomerang. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he he should have been in way more of the movie, but he seems he seems like fun and vibrant and interesting yeah he's he's funny he's got great facial expressions in this he's very carefree he's really good and then uh james gunn is making a quasi sequel to this called the suicide squad Mm -hmm. the people reprising their roles are viola davis as amanda waller who we didn't even mention but she doesn't have a lot to do in this um margot robbie is harley quinn Joel, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, and for some reason, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flag will be back. Which I just like. Why does Rick Flag need to be in this at all? <laughs> and did like Joel Kinnaman put his like stamp on this? Like no one else can play Rick Flag. He is just he is Rick Flag. Chris Evans is Captain America. Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag. It's too bad we're not getting Smith back. But like maybe that movie could be good. I'm hoping it's good. James Gunn, I think, is a better filmmaker than David Ayer, so I'm hoping for the best. Uh, it is a shame that Will didn't come back. But Idris Elba is not playing Deadshot. He's playing. There was rumors that he was just recast. He's playing yeah. a different character. Uh, star ratings for Suicide Squad. Uh, it's a one for me. Uh, we are continuing the trend so far. I also give it a one. It's up to you, Amon. Uh, I gave it a one and a half. All um, right. <laughs> I couldn't give in to the peer pressure. I couldn't. All right. So you just won't be cool. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, not everyone has to be cool. Um, My own kind of cool. Is, our next film is Collateral Beauty, released December 16th, 2016. Wait, I don't know why that hurt my brain to say that. Uh, directed by uh, David Frankel, starring Will Smith, Kate Winslet, Edward Norton, Kira Knightley, Michael Pena, Nomi Harris, Jacob Lattimore, and Helen Mirren. 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 23 on Metacritic, opened at number four with 7 million and made 31 domestically and 88 worldwide. Originally set to star Hugh Jackman and Rooney Mara and directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon, coming off of Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Noah. How about that? Oh, wow. Jason Siegel was in talks to join the cast. Jackman dropped out with the studio going out to Johnny Depp. Finally, in 2015, Smith signed on. Gomez Rejon eventually left due to creative differences, probably because he reread the script. Uh, again, an ensemble piece for Will Smith, a critical disaster and the lowest growing grossing film of his career and uh, in North America. And I also think probably the worst reviewed film of his career. Um, Personalist with Collateral Beauty, back when Noah was working at a movie theater, we saw this in theaters. Yeah, uh, by ourselves, I believe. Oh, oh we were alone. I was standing up <laughs> 
laughing hysteria. I'm like shouting. At I the think screen. you were like live tweeting it. I, <laughs> like I live Facebooking it. I I posted three quotes to my Facebook status while we watched it. One of them was, "I don't want your gift!" Exclamation point. Throw skateboard into the street. Um, and the other was uh, Jacob Lattimore going, "I don't get dominoes. There's no board to play them on. There's no basket to shoot them into." It's like, yeah, they're oh. a different game. I'm sorry. The, the, the first one and the only, on the, table, man. the only quote that I wrote down still, he's acting like the local domino champion of crazy town. That's a little harsh wit. Is that a little harsh? <laughs> the domino champion of crazy town. Whoa, hang on. Hang on. Ahmad, did you see this in theaters? Uh, I don't remember. I know I have seen this movie exactly one time, but I can't remember okay. if it was on TV or in theaters. Uh, Noah and I also have this on our, also that same list of worst yeah. movies of the year. Mine comes in at number seven. I wrote uh, one spot ahead, uh, behind, one spot better than Suicide Squad. Just simply a waste what a cast this is, what a performance Will Smith gives, and yet we are subjected to a nearly insulting film. I mean, this is a mean group of people saying they're helping their friend who is about one misplaced domino away from suicide by attempting to screw him out of his own company. Then you have the angels or spirits and all those twists. This is a film that is trying to be so clever, so meaningful, so important that it forgets to be sincere. Collateral beauty instead comes across as a vanity project. The film is so overcrowded with plot points that everyone's storyline must be finished in three scenes. And the emotional payoff not only makes no sense, but threatens to undermine what came before it, which wasn't, much everyone involved in this film can and will do better but collateral beauty for all its intentions comes across as just cruel not only to its characters but to its audience noah where did you rank this i like i like that bit at the end of yours that's like a modern like instagram apology which is what i I can and will do better (laughs) (laughs) i was preemptively Um, apologizing for everyone being in this movie yeah uh, I ranked this uh, all the way at number eight, which is oh, wow. You liked this uh, more than several movies. I know, which is I, I don't understand. Which which uh, on your list immediately do you know that you would put this ahead of on the worst list? I mean, this has got to be worse than the Purge election year. <laughs> it has to be. So just because uh, the Purge election year was a huge allegory for fucking last four years of our lives. Yeah. Were these right these right. right wing insane people trying to kill the female nominee for president? I mean that's what Yeah, I mean. maybe we should bump bump give them a star because anyway, that, they were pretty prescient there. Go ahead, Noah. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll get through this quick, but I was reading it and I'm I'm still pretty happy with it. It's good. I read to, it too. To call collateral beauty a movie is a stretch. It's a collection of scenes that kind of form a semi coherent narrative, so it technically counts, but just barely. Just by a little. Watching it is kind of like biting into a Twinkie and finding a pickle in the middle. Beneath the spongy exterior, you expect to find the creamy center of Will Smith learning about the meaning of love and loss through the support of his friends and three well-meaning ghosts. But what you're shocked to actually find is the crunch of a movie that primarily stars Edward Norton and the tangy plot of three friends trying to wrest control of the company from their grieving friend like a dramatic Billy Madison. You also had the company in capital letters, which I enjoyed. I did. Thank you. (laughs) The parts are fine by themselves, but they don't belong together. And the thought that somebody would combine them all in that way on purpose and present it to the world for consumption is unsettling to say the least, I guess. Um, 
Ahmad, what did you think of this movie when you saw it initially, and what do you think now? Uh, we thought it was bad initially, and now I think it's terrible. <laughs> um, like, so Alan, I don't know how to say his last name, the writer. Leob or whatever, yeah. yeah. He wrote um, that this script was something that he meditated on for a couple uh-huh. of years, the idea uh-huh. of somebody who's been through a terrible loss they were angry and then they wrote letters to the universe. And I was like, you know, that just that right there. Yes. Like, okay. Like that's, that's an interesting idea. But then when you take this whole, Oh, our best friend has the majority shares of this company and, Oh, he lost his daughter and Oh, we're assholes. So let's try and like make him seem crazy and like take his majority, you know, shareholder, you know ability away it's just like what are what are we doing <laughs> the fact that he he needed to invent alan loeb or whatever his name <laughs> needed to invent this company issue and a reason for them to hire actors only because he knew he was going to make these spirits real uh-huh. and he wanted that twist is awful yeah and insulting to the audience like your movie is an interesting fable where you write letters to these aspects of our of the universe and then they come and respond and like what big problem do you have with this that is an interest it can make an interesting play Uh it's an interesting idea for a movie the fact that he was like wait hang on they are gonna be real but oh my god wouldn't it be fucking crazy (laughs) if like you don't think they are and they're like just make it real it's fine we're all adults it's like you don't have to trick us every this movie tricks us every five minutes it tricks us yeah yeah so the thing about the trick (laughs) is that the trick only works is if the non-trick version like makes sense as a movie like if it's if it's if it's possible if we're sitting there thinking like all right so this movie's just about these guys hiring these actors and then like that's what we're watching and that's fine but then whoa they're the spirits the whole time the movie only works if they're spirits the whole time if they're just actors this is like yeah, they're just, just actors and they've just, just like aggressive insane cruelty then they've just like helped everybody randomly because they're also just good people like if they're if if then helen mirren is like making michael pena okay with him dying and uh kira knightley is telling edward norton that he should just be with his daughter anyway which i think might be against the courts um (laughs) like that and they're doing it and they get nothing they're getting nothing in return that's an empty film if like they just have a stranger and they go hey you should do this like oh yeah I, i will thank you goodbye forever um, it's in this movie, like the him with the dominoes at the beginning. This movie thinks it's like an Oscar. This thing, it's, it's, I guarantee you that this was a good script. That this read, and by that, I mean it read I, well on paper. No, I mean that like uh-huh. the collateral beauty monologue, yeah, really hits when you're reading it disjointedly in a script because the script isn't written like a novel, so it's just like blocks of dialogue. That when they read that, I bet the people reading it were like, huh, that is interesting collateral that is it like in the script but when you put it in place and you have people act it out it is in it means nothing they don't even explain i thought they explained what it meant i thought they explained like isn't it weird that like everything's smashing together in the universe and that's kind of what makes the universe the universe you know what i mean they don't even do that she just goes notice collateral beauty and then naomi harris is like 
And so, yeah, you do. And, and I'm so like, much. what? But what is it? <laughs> yeah. And they like the, she was right, Will Smith. She was right. I guess, I guess the collateral beauty is like, you look at like how hard like the doctors and nurses are working to save your daughter and like the passion they have for helping people. And like, I get, I didn't get that I guess that's, no, I mean, they didn't present that, but I'm just trying to think of what the collateral beauty could be. That doesn't make me feel better. See, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, it would, but I'm just, yeah. But it's like the, the collateral beauty has to be beauty that results from this thing. Uh-huh. And so it can't just be like, look or look at the flowers around you. <laughs> and like, I, and like maybe maybe it's like the the support from your friends and family and how much they still love it. Is, the is, whole is, thing is, is just. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just it, it's it's terrible, like high school profundity. Yeah, this is the kind of shit that like a like literally a freshman in high school would like make a poem about yeah. collateral oh, yeah. beauty. I just because it's not damage; it's the opposite. It's 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 honestly embarrassing for I everyone. I just guarantee you that this read so much better in a script than it did. I, than it does I can't. I can't imagine how it would. <laughs> I. So, it's so bad. It's plan, so stupid. The, and and Dowd, who is a private investigator and their best friend. Uh, <laughs> this private investigator goes, "Oh, do you need anything else? Well, I mean, you, you could film it for. It. Of course, I'd be happy to. I can get my uh, grandson." And he's free. Do you want him? In- what do you mean? Uh, You're not investigating anything. You're now just filming him. Anyway, she uh, breaks into a mailbox and takes his letters. And takes his letters. Cool with that. And, yeah, she announces that she committed a federal crime and takes these letters. And uh, and their idea is let's convince him <laughs> that these people are real, so that he'll scream at them in public. and we'll film it. When I and we're gonna pay a total of sixty thousand dollars for this, plus whatever we're paying and out and her grandson. Yeah, because we're all incredibly rich. That you could have just well, they're gonna be rich. You could have just paid and Dowd to just bug him, like in for an afternoon, just go around like poking him in the chest, and just be like, "Who are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And he'd go, "Leave me alone." And then you could Photoshop him out, which they, they yeah. I guess, I guess they know people at Lucas at Skywalker Ranch at the <laughs> Light, Sound, and Magic, whatever they're called. You don't need to go through this entire charade. Just get somebody to bother him so he screams at them. That's all that happened. Can I also suggest? And I'm no business major, <laughs> but I have to imagine you're not a doctor, and you're not yes. a business major. We have so far, these- yes down cold so far i have to imagine that there is a scenario in which like the ceo of a company just kind of abdicates his role just doesn't do anything and is just like clearly in a free fall uh-huh. i feel like you can just use that as evidence of like we he's not he's not working in the company's interests we're going to like the, like a hostile takeover or sure. something yeah i feel like you can just do that he comes to work every day and he builds dominoes and knocks them over. It's called a board of director. Like that's what they're there for. We know yeah. no, no, you and I were talking about this in succession where, you know, Logan's like, well, what if Shiv isn't good at running the company? And we're just like, then there's a board of directors that will get rid of her. What do you, yes. this isn't set in stone. Like yes. if she runs the company into the ground, 
there are measures in place that will stop her. This is, can we talk yeah, about there's... how mean these people are? And I yes, know that like, that's all, that's all, that's all we can talk about. It's <laughs> such a, it's I such know that insanely cruel plan. I, I, I know that Kate Winslet mentions it and I know that Kira Knightley mentions it, but they, these people who hired these actors to make him think that he has gone insane to steal his company away from him so they could make money is these are our heroes in this Christmas film. I it, mean, these are our heroes. It's, and it's flat. It's flat out villainous. And like, if you three are as good of friends as you think you are best friends, best best friends, friends then maybe you would know that this man two years after his daughter's death can't even say her name. So like, no. Obviously, there's there's more going on here than this business. Like maybe try and try and help him in that way. Like he's he's having a tough go. <laughs> and they were like the the intervention didn't work. I'm like I bet that was the most aggressive intervention that anyone's. Those people did not have a correct intervention. Um, I <laughs> yeah, he can't say his daughter's name. He's making dominoes. He's he has this weird pack with his wife where they're going to pretend like they don't know each other. Yeah, it's so By weird. By the way, did everyone remember that twist as soon as Naomi? Yep. And yeah, like, yeah. You, you were analyzing every piece of dialogue where they were just like, they're just like, <clears throat> oh, I was going to come out and get you. I've seen you looking at the window. What's your name? This, where did your daughter die from? Oh, she was three and she died from a rare condition. What about yours? Like, oh my God. Yeah, there's one line where Will Smith starts to say our daughter and then corrects yes. himself to say my daughter. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you sneaky bastard. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's such like insanely weird role playing. So do we, do we just think that like after their divorce and like the death of their daughter, after he wrote that note about them being strangers, that they were just like, all right, let's just pretend that we're strangers yeah. every time we yeah. see each other because it's it doesn't really make sense to me like why like at first I thought that maybe he had blocked her out of his memory or something but then when he right. when he slipped up I was like no, he knows yeah. who she is. So, why are we doing this? <laughs> what about when he when he comes in late and he goes, "Did I miss anything?" Goes, oh, just people crying about their dead kids. <laughs> and they both yeah. laugh. And I'm like, all right, hold on. That's really rude. <laughs> you know also, what I mean, Ruth. You were shot. And dad goes, he's writing he's writing letters to time, love, and death. And they're all like, oh my God, that's the crazy. And I wrote down, I think that's probably a good uh, therapeutic exercise. Yeah, yeah. it's I it's something that's often suggested, like yeah. write a letter and don't send it. Yeah. Well, he does send it, but yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> But yeah, just express your feelings. Yeah. That you, like, I don't know yeah, You're just like, oh my God, he's gone completely insane. <laughs> like, no, I think a lot of healthcare professionals would be like, no, that's actually really healthy. I think he's doing the right thing. Um, he, uh, the, what I wrote in my blurb there for the worst of is that there are so many characters and so many disjointed plots and the movie's only an hour and a half that everything has to be wrapped up in three scenes to the point where like Michael Pena, who who gets a lot of screen time has to go from I am sick to I'm okay with telling everybody that in 10 minutes, Ed Norton is, which is arguably the most insane plot of the movie that like his daughter doesn't like him. And is like, well, you know, force her to. And I'm like, wait, what? like he shows up. He goes, I will be here at school every day. And I will embarrass you in front of your, your, your friends. And then she goes, all right, tomorrow's a half day. You can come like, why are you agreeing to this? 
Like, what did he you say know? to convince you? <laughs> yeah, well, she just what loved, she likes to be loved. <laughs> what changed just now? I also thought that her fucking scene in that lobby, like Odell Beckham Jr. is one of Barry's friends. Get out of my fucking face! Yeah, already was... saw Hamilton. Odell came. <laughs> yeah, I also, I also, you know, that's that scene's trying to make you be like. Like, oh man, Ed Norton's just like a regular dad and now his ex-wife's with a rich dude. But then like the scene before or the scene after is like, I will fund your play. <laughs> I will fund your play. I got tickets to Hamilton at Christmas time and he says they're hard to get. And then he goes to Will Smith and he goes, hey, you know how we have uh, season tickets to the Knicks? Yeah. And it's <laughs> what? I'm just like, man, you are not like the downtrodden working dad. No. You're rich as shit. They, well, they, they they kept trying to push that he lost it in the divorce because he cheated. Uh, like they, they, you know, that, that's why he had no money. They they did keep pushing that. His conversation with his mom is weird. Like she has she had a stroke. I just like this. They're adding things onto people that gets not fleshed out. And truly, that I, what I forgot entirely was that Kate Winslet's character is trying to get pregnant. They have a pamphlet. I don't think they mention it again. And then at the end, Jacob Latimer goes, you're going to make a great mom one day, Kate Winslet. And she's like, thanks. And I'm like, oh, right. That there wasn't even an arc to that story. They don't even really talk about it. They just like, she has like a pamphlet on a, on a table and she like brushes it aside and he notices it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and then one point she goes like, well, I think that time is past for me. And we're all like barf. He's, he is time. And then, and then, and, Oh no, I'm sorry. He reconciles that. I think that at the end of the movie, they come to the conclusion that she cannot have a child. And then he goes, Hey, listen, anyone can be your kid, man. You just got to impart wisdom. He goes, the, you know, the bum yeah. down the block who gave me Walt Whitman. That's my dad. The junkie <laughs> under the bridge who told me life is good. That's my mom. Anyone can be anybody's parent. You could be. And she's like, you're right. I will just impart my wisdom. Like, oh my or, God. you know, adopt. Yeah. Lots of options. Maybe adopt. She didn't look that did, old. Yeah, she's a rich businesswoman. Adopt a child. I also didn't like um, Edward Norton consistently asking to, if he can like fucking grope Keira Knightley. Oh, right. Yeah. Can I kiss you? Why does it have to be sexual? Sex is even sexual to me. <laughs> Aren't I charming? Let's make out. She's like, no, I don't want to. I don't blame him. Karen Eiley is gorgeous. But sure. but I just, he, he kept trying to do it. He's like, when are we going to go out on our date? And she's like, we're not. What do you mean? When are we going to have time for our date? I, I think I hate the fact that for the first time we the first time we get to see Helen Mirren, Kate Winslet, and Keira Knightley, three of <laughs> the greatest British actresses of our generation, in a movie together, and it's this movie, and two uh, of them are playing American. Why yeah. couldn't Helen Mirren be? Wait, I'm sorry, was Kate Winslet doing a British accent? I completely don't. I don't. Remember. I don't even remember. No, she was not. She wasn't. So they're all all three of them are playing Americans. Yes. Great. <laughs> um, I will say. I really, go ahead. I was. I can't get over how unbearably lazy it is that this movie so the plot of this movie is that will smith's daughter dies of cancer and he's sad and yeah. then they're like all right we need some side plots what do we what do we have for three what do we have for michael pena oh he's dying of cancer like that's, <laughs> that's just the first plot <laughs> you couldn't think of another thing also, you just have someone dying of cancer again I could I could spend an entire I think we should spend uh, the next 45 minutes to 3 hours talking about 
the sets of television monitors that lower from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, and then in their room, room, the conference and room. And then yeah. go back up as if this is like mission control. What the fuck is but that? Also, like, I don't, you can't even see the monitors from every seat in that conference no, room. Yeah, the, yeah. You couldn't see what was going on. If you're at the head of the table, you get nothing. What they cut to it and it was on three screens. Like, that's weird. And then there's just a wide shot and it's just going, it's just yeah. going up to the ceiling. Like, oh my God. What a waste of money. No wonder why you guys are all broke and you need to sell the company. I will say about Will Smith. So, like, you know, I went into this movie, like, the first time when I first heard of Collateral Beauty, like, I'm going into this movie for Will Smith. Like, Will Smith is the draw. And I counted, besides that opening opening monologue he did where he talked about time and death for the first time. And how nice advertising uh, is. Right. <laughs> besides that We're- monologue in this 97-minute movie, he didn't say a word for another 32 minutes. Oh, that's fucking crazy. He didn't have any audible dialogue after that monologue for 32 minutes. And and outside of that, I liked what what he was given to work with, the emotional aspects that that Will delivered, I liked. I thought when he was talking to Naomi, her character He's very good in this movie. Yeah. He is, he's the best part of this movie by 8 miles. Yes. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> And I, I don't. What I don't is, think it's. His, what is the best part of this movie? No, I just. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's very good. I don't think it's possible for anyone to be very good. <laughs> I, I, I could all of his. Emo- I think he's. I think he's very good in this. The 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 script to this movie is so heinously bad that you, <laughs> it nobody could ever rise above the words they're saying in this. The words they're saying are so ridiculous that it's just like you. You sound like a fool. <laughs> You sound you sound you sound like you're reading some terrible high schoolers journal, and so like I can't ever be like, oh man, the emotion of it. He's doing his best. It's just <laughs> not Naomi Harris is also British, really. Also, yeah, also doing. She's she's uh, Pennywise in the the Craig Daniel Craig Bond movies. Um, she is Money British. <laughs> what did I say? Pennywise. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't remember that character. Is this a crossover? I, I, don't, I don't think she is Pennywise. <laughs> no, it's similar to... No, no, hang on. It's similar to, to Moonlight, where she came in. She had like three days. She was filming Bond. They were filming No Time to Die. She had about two weeks. They filmed It in It Chapter 2. And then she had to fly back. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, she... Yeah, she plays Money Penny in the correct Bond movies, but she's British. Why can't anybody have their accents, man? Um, it is just weird seeing Edward Norton in a movie. I don't think that happens very often. Yes, yeah, uh, or Keira Knightley. She doesn't make that many movies anymore. Um, anyway, this movie's a disaster. Uh, star rating for Collateral Beauty. Uh, I'm I'm giving it one because I think that the people are good. Uh, the they're good in it to. A, I mean, they're not good in it, but like they're serviceable. They're just good actors. But Will Smith is good in it. I think truly. I. This is my second zero star rating. <laughs> I think it's I think it's among the worst scripts ever put to film, and it's just I I can't I cannot say harshly enough that I'm embarrassed for everyone that made this movie. I gave this movie a one uh, off of Will Smith's performance alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, Big Willie style Ahmad. What was Will Smith doing uh, in 2016 2017? Yes, so. Um, October of 2017, uh, which is, I think a couple of months before bright came out, 
uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith reunited for a new song. Um, and it's absolute garbage. <laughs> As you say, I did not know this was the case. It's not good. Your your life is better for not knowing. <laughs> um, they released a song called Get Lit, um, which is an EDM techno song produced by mm. DJ Jazzy Jeff, where Will Smith is using a Jamaican accent for some reason. Mm. So it's like Jamaican techno. <laughs> well, I mean, he just piggybacking off of Drake, I guess. <laughs> Here are, here are a couple lyrics from this song. Uh, we ain't party Megatrons. We transform and get lit. That's like part of the chorus. Did you say 2017 or 2007? When 2000, was 2017. Okay. But so he is a party Megatron. It, right, because he's transforming and getting... It, exactly. And then here's party another one. Megatron. Here's another one. This is my room. This is my tool. Your witch on my broom, get fly with it, all up in the sky with it. <laughs> okay, so hang on, let's hang on, let, let's break that down. So this is my room. Yeah, uh-huh. Here's my dick. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're a witch, so you're a woman. What what is it after that? Uh, your witch on my broom, get fly uh, with it, all up in the sky with it. Okay, so but just keep. <laughs> He goes, here's my tool, a euphemism for my penis. Get on my broom, a different euphemism for my penis. Back-to-back euphemisms for penises. It's a a completely different metaphor by the end than it was at the beginning. Also, I don't think he knows how sex works. I don't don't think he does. That's not how witches, that's not how women sit on penises, like witches on brooms. How big of a dick you think you have? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know how witches work. Uh. <laughs> My feature, he thinks that. Yeah, you never saw Harry Potter. When he did, he was like, "Hang on, why did I get? Why did I light the candles and turn the lights down? These they're just they're just they were just sitting on these brooms. What's going on here?" Oh man, yeah, it's it's very bad. It's a it's a horrible attempt for Will Smith to connect musically with the type of music that was popular in 2017. He's really showing his age. I. I hadn't heard this song, and so I listened to it and immediately was like, oh my god, this is garbage. I wonder if he's had it like wiped from the earth, because you follow music, you follow hip-hop, you podcast about it, and you've never heard, heard of never it. I've never heard of it. That's, I mean, good for him that he was able to just like be like, oh no, it didn't come out. It was just it was Yeah, no, don't worry about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, our last film is Bright, released December 22nd, 2017, directed by David Ayer. Starring Will Smith, Joel Edgerton, Numi Rapace, Lucy Fry, Edgar Ramirez, Ike Barinholtz, and Margaret Cho. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, 29 on Metacritic. In 2016, before the release of Suicide Squad, Smith and Ayer were looking for another project to work on together. Sources told Variety they were circling a spec script written by Max Landis. No, I hope you have that quote from Landis because I'm going to ask you for it. Uh, Warner Brothers and Sony were in the mix to pick the project up. Two weeks later, Netflix bought it for a huge, then huge, $90 million. Landis received $3 million alone for the script, nearly unheard of in recent years. The production budget was $45 million, with the other half going to talent and paying off back ends, since the film would not earn any money at the box office. It's the same reason why Ryan Reynolds was paid $27 million for Six Underground. So, Ma, what this means, and I don't even know if no one knows. But this, the streaming actors and creators get so much money up front. 
because what agents are doing is because these movies aren't going to be released in theaters. And usually the way that actors make money is they get a little bit up front and they negotiate for back end points based on how popular they are. So they'll get 20% uh, or they'll get 7% of the final gross, which means 7% of the amount of money the movie makes they collect. And that's really where the big money is generally hopefully made if your movie's a hit but because these streaming services don't collect box office data and there's no way to really pin down how many subscribers subscribe to netflix mm. because of bright then they have to negotiate how much money they probably would have made on the back end and they do that by averages or just things in the past or just they generally just up it to a big number so ryan reynolds who's not going to get you know, he he probably can pull down thirteen million for a theatrical film, ten somewhere around there. He's not pulling in twenty million like Jim Carrey did in his heyday or Will Smith did in his heyday. So the twenty seven is accounting for his usual gross plus whatever money this may have made if it had gone theatrical. It's, it's the way they're doing it now. Um, the film was Will Smith's first and so far only venture onto a streaming service. It was intended to launch a franchise, and while it was watched. Millions and millions of times, so says Netflix, that obviously didn't happen for a reason. And I'll speak on that too. The Netflix algorithm counts a view as, is, no, do you know, is it three minutes? I don't even think it's that long. Okay. I think Let, it's let's, in the seconds. let's say optimistically it's three minutes. So basically if you, um, Ahmad, if you watch Bright mm-hmm. for three minutes and then oh. go... Uh, and then oh. go, I'm not going to do this and turn it off before the fourth minute hits. Netflix will count that as a view. Oh. And so that's why when they go, you know, Bridgerton was watched by 200 million people since the release. 200 million people may have checked at episode one, but how many watched the entire show? They don't tell us that because they count their views as a tiny amount of time. And do Which they... is not the same thing as viewing a movie, is watching the first few minutes of it. So a couple questions from that is if I watched three minutes of bright, I left, I came back, I watched like three more minutes or even the same three. That's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if it has to be from zero zero or if it can just be continued. I don't know. That would be insane if that was the case though. If you could just like, if you watch bright over like a period of a week and then you have like seven different people watch you like, no, actually I did just once. Um, but yeah, you, you can watch the tiny bit of something and go, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Well, too bad that you got counted as a view on that program. Wow. Max Landis, who's a Hollywood, uh, prick. Nobody likes him. He's been canceled. Uh, very mean guy. Mm. Son of legendary director, John Landis. Um, he had a very famous tweet about this movie. Noah, do you remember what it was? I think I thought you knew it by heart. That's why I was. I no, I don't. Uh, you know the tweet I'm referring to. I don't actually. I oh, forgot. Okay. I, 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 well, I looked up. Uh, I looked up Max Landis' bright quote, and all I found was that uh, he wanted this to be his Star Wars. Yes, that whole thing. Please read that that quote. No, it I is... don't. I don't. I don't have a quote. It's from an interview. Yeah, okay. Well, it's just, right, it's, the, the quote is that he wanted this to no, be his Star Wars. It's, it's so much better than that. Hold on. Max Landis, right. Okay, hold on. It's it's a great bit of just like you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, this is a tweet that that, that he he, uh, he he put out. I don't know if this is his account. I don't know if this is, but he, this is what he said. I've come to slowly realize that Bright, my new script, if made well, 
could potentially be my Star Wars, and it feels crazy. He he said it feels crazy. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that whole thing was him. He said, "I've come to slowly realize that the script I'm writing, bright, if made correctly, will be Star Wars." And then he made the movie. He made the movie that we all saw, and then he's still deciding to make a sequel. <laughs> oh no, they're not making a sequel. Oh, that's not happening anymore. I, I had heard no, that there was a sequel coming. <laughs> Well, I don't know when the last report was. They they've been trying to make one because again, it's through people watch a lot of three minute clips of it. Um, had, had has anybody seen Bright? Will I find out the status of a sequel? No, I had. I'm glad you had it. I had avoided it because I have heard lots of things about it. <laughs> um. All right, sequel. Let me see what the last on May fifth. Okay, on May fifth, it was reported that Netflix uh, 2020. Netflix had entered negotiations with Louis uh, Letitier, director of The Incredible Hulk, and now you see me to direct the sequel. So let me see if this link from Deadline says that Will Smith is also going to be in it if they're reprising the roles. Because I just feel like that's crazy. Or even who is writing who is writing it. Um, uh, da, 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 focus. The team will reteam Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Okay, the script is by Air and somebody else with a rewrite by somebody else. So no, Max Landis has nothing to do with it. Okay. Okay. I hadn't seen Bright either. It was Netflix's most expensive movie at the time. They're huge. Like, we got a movie star. Look at this movie. Uh, a big allegory for race relations in America. Yeah. Which part? The part where he beats a fairy to death with a broom. <laughs> oh, and he says fairy lives don't matter. Is that is that, that the part where that line? Yeah, entirely. That line's in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah he's he's just, every that lives don't matter today. Down and then once later went. Well, this could be Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, is he seen Star Luke, Wars? I am your, no, I am your father. Uh, fairy yeah. lives don't matter today. <laughs> has, has he Was he just watching like, like Amistad or like like Twelve Years a Slave? Like, what was he talking about? Was he, when he was writing Star Wars has very little to do with current race relations. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, what did we think, Noah? Yes, right. Uh, very curious to hear your thoughts on it. I, I think I think this movie is is two like different, completely disparate things. Uh, one of which is like it's like a fine replacement level cop movie. It's like you know we've seen like David Ayer made End of Watch, right? Which is, which is is his best movie. Yeah, End of Watch is very good. It's like it's a great gritty cop movie. And this is like a fine whatever kind of cop movie. Like not very good. We've seen it before, but like basically serviceable. But it's also, I'll use this word again, uh an embarrassingly bad like racial fantasy thing that like I, I mean more more than completely negates any of like the okay like the the cop drama here is like working fine uh to just be like mind-boggling uh, in incomprehensible what were they thinking well <sighs> Ahmad um <laughs> How did collateral? How did collateral? How did Bright sit with you? Uh, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's 
It's so bad. Like right off the bat, the the comparisons that they were implying between like the orcs and black people in America. Like there there was a whole shot in the beginning of all the graffiti in the town. Oh, so yeah. much graffiti. <laughs> And there was just Jeez. like pictures of orcs with like their fist up and like I think I think I yeah. saw like an orcs live matter thing on like a wall. Or you something. did. I'm sure you did. Might, might as well have just said like orcs well, are I'm black. Ohm. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And it's it's so bad. I do agree. I think it was like a buddy cop kind of movie, but also mixed with like you know, a movie about race relations in a city, and then they were like, for the hell of it, let's throw some monsters in there. Like, monsters are real. Everybody lives with these monsters. The monsters are discriminated against. Like, it's... The the writing is so poor for, like, almost every character. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the whole scene with Will Smith and the cops on his... <laughs> on his team is mind-boggling. <laughs> the murder yeah. scene. <laughs> I, 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 oh my god, I, I really like Ike Barinholtz. I think he's very funny. He's from Chicago. I enjoy his presence. Sure. Things he was good. <laughs> he really reveled in this. There's that moment where he's telling the guys who are bungled Wolfman to back off, and he just keeps yeah. screaming back off over and over again. I'm like, you, someone needed to rein this in. I. I go back even further than the graffiti. The opening proverb mm, from some yeah. fake ancient text <laughs> is some bullshit. <laughs> Only a bright can touch a wand. Like you're going to say it in two minutes. Don't act like this is some ancient scroll piece of shit. Like you know, yeah. we're starting with a Bible quote. No, you're not. You're yeah. Not. It's also not like, it's not even an attempt to like sort of flowery language of no, like a proverb it's just, it's yeah, just the rule yeah it's just a sentence yeah it's just so like, you know only a bright can touch a wand once a bright it's just a word yep we'll, we'll say mean it anything. a thousand <laughs> times and we'll remind you that only a special person can touch the wand and we'll also remind you that it's definitely going to be will smith i want to talk about the idea of the movie that there was a orcs are real there was a civil war not civil war <laughs> 2,000 years ago, there was yeah. a war between the orcs, which has carried through generations, countries, and cultures mm-hmm. that everybody still hates this group, this race of people, which is in and of itself. It's like, are you telling me that like in Argentina, there's not one country where people are cool with orcs? Like, it's this national, it's this worldwide known thing after 2000 years. And like, like, Ronald's been like my, my forefathers, kind of, you don't know that far back. <laughs> my guy. You don't ancestry.com did not come back and go, well, a thousand and seven hundred years ago. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and I don't think yeah. that in like the 1800s, we were still like smashing, like, you know, like rampaging orc villages, you know what I mean? Um, but the idea that there's magic in the world, uh, we have evolved as a country, as a society, as a human race, knowing that there are mad, there's magic in the world and there's these race of people in the world. And yet we still, everything is the same. Yeah. There's still a sign in Beverly Hills for elves, but it's this, we, someone still designed that same sign. Yeah. The Alamo still <laughs> happened exactly as yeah. it happened. Shrek still came that, out. <laughs> you can't. You Strexel came out. You can't just say it's the exact same as our world. 
except there are creatures because that changes. It's the, it's a butterfly. It changes the ripple changes everything throughout history. It's the reason why, like, um, in like in, 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 iRobot, when there was a giant new skyscraper in Chicago and like flying cars and shit, I was like saying like, well, that's unrealistic and 26, but like, well, no, that, that technology in iRobot happened many years later and we've developed and the technology has grown. So it, it builds into it. You just can't, do we lose him a lot? I lost his picture. No, I still got him. Okay. Might've just been me. Um, that was crazy. Ted Sarandos has a producer credit on this. He's the CEO of Netflix. Huh. And I, I, which I've never seen before. And I looked it up and apparently on all of their original Netflix movies, he uh, has a produced by credit up uh, until early 2018. And then he weird. stopped, which was probably because they they're making 20,000 movies. So he was just like, I can't be on set for all these. Um, Joe Rogan is in this. Yeah. Which is just so bright. I think that's the most, on the nose thing for this movie. <laughs> like obviously Joe Rogan's in this talking about this. Like, and like, they're like, we, we need to get a, pers- we need to really hammer home the perspective of the race relations in Chicago. So Joe will show Joe Rogan's podcast. Like, well, hang on. <laughs> That's not, um, Joel Edgerton clearly had trouble talking in all that makeup. Like his voice sounded weird. I also, you know, you guys are talking about the buddy cop thing. Uh huh. Joel Edgerton was in another movie. He was goofy. He was like aloof. Yeah. He was like bubbly and his hair. He was like a dork. He was a dork. No. Like I was, I was, I was like, this is a different character in a different movie. This movie either needed to go a hundred percent into the grittiness and like actually deal with like the, I don't even know. I don't, this is me truly saying, I don't even know if it could have worked as an allegory. For race relations properly, but oh, yeah. they either they either needed to go a thousand percent in that direction, or back it up, make it a lighthearted PG thirteen sci fi fantasy, and then have us come to the conclusion of the race relation parable because that's what these that's what movies like this should do. That's what Pixar movies do. You know, like you know, Finding Dory, which nobody really likes, is about. Um, uh, uh, raising a child with special needs. It's about that acceptance, but we don't know that we're watching a movie about a fish. It's, it's something to learn in the essence of it is to look back and go, Oh my God, you know what? There are actually a lot of parables to what's happening today. Instead of shoving it in our faces all the time. So Joel Anderson was in that movie and everyone else was in this other movie. And like, I don't mean to jump ahead, but the ending, which went on Uh for 90 minutes when he's in the hospital and he's just like spilling it out. I'm like, this is a comedy scene. What are we doing here? Yeah. People have exploded. Like this isn't fu- like and people violently gotten their jugulars cut. And Joel Edgerton's character, like, how did you even get on the police force? Like he didn't do a single thing in that movie that made me think that he should have been a cop. Like how did he get he, here? He never shot a gun. He didn't know what to do with when he was under fire. They also said he was the first or in the nation. <laughs> Yeah. He's, well, they kept they kept calling him like a diversity hire, yeah, so I assumed yeah. it was just like a program, and he was the only one that signed a new up. Program, uh, Two thousand years after the war, yeah. we finally get our first. Like, if the allegory <laughs> is for if the allegory is for African Americans, that's wild that they're just like, and finally, uh, an African American police officer. Like, what are you talking about? Two thousand years. Yeah. I've in history. What do you mean? And like, they, this is, 
they threw that in right at the end. And I was like, the first one. Like, this, is kind of, yeah. this is kind of the problem, you know, going back to your uh, your thing about Finding Dory and about like how the allegory can't be the forefront of the movie. Yeah. That's true. But like in a in a Finding Dory case, you know, it's like you say, it's about the acceptance of having like a disabled child. It's right. a it's a very specific thing that you don't see in movies or really addressed very much. And so it works in both ways. Mm-hmm. To, you, you can't possibly make a, <laughs> make a movie where at the end you come out and be like, oh, it's about racism. That's interesting. Just in the most, like, the most surface level way. Like, what is, what is the point here that, like, actually people are racist? Like, this, this movie was made in 2017. Yeah. That's very recent. It's yeah. not. It's not like. I mean, like, there's, there's never a time when you could be like, actually, like, racism's a problem. But it's been, it's at, it's been at such a forefront, yeah, of Ameri- of like American society for the past like four or five years. It's I been think... just at everywhere all the time in capital letters. That think... to be like, I have something to say, and it's <laughs> that there's racism. <laughs> Like I, I, I think Black Lives Matter started in 2013. Like when this movie came out, we were about to go into Trump's second year. In yeah, oh yeah, we can't. Like it is. What? That's what it's like when what? What is the point? What are they trying to say? You know, there's racism. I think is it. It's also the the complete cognitive dissonance that it causes that this movie stars a black man. Like, well, so I there... mean, that, that's such a winking at the camera bullshit, right? Where they're like, I mean, the guy who isn't getting victimized or, 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 you know, uh, 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 whatever is, is Will Smith. Isn't that like, we flipped yeah. it. You see, isn't that interesting? Like, no, it's not. Oh, like, it's the, is, yeah. That's, that's the point they had to say about racism is that like, you know, in another universe, the black people are the racists. Like, oh, insightful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to our attention. It also has like this dark underbelly where it's like, you know, well, this race is actually seen as lower than that. Like, wait, what do you mean yeah. lower? What is that? What do you, what do you, I, I, I don't like the way that you're framing that. It's like, I, I, I wrote down some quotes, but I do want to mention, and this is a thing with like these big, dumb movies where we saw these the evil elves kill 60 people in two minutes and yet they're just throwing will smith and joel edgerton around that room yeah like a one-on-one fight yeah which is insane i I I slaughtered that entire gang in a second (laughs) in in, uh, that was the 60 people in two minutes immediately uh i didn't like that will smith was uh, just going to kill himself because i'm like you have a child and a wife i thought unless i dreamed that because you haven't mentioned them again or even talked about how you care about them ever again. Sent them out of town that one time. <laughs> yes, but then never mentioned them again. I also thought there was that moment where he was, it was a weird, also I think might have tried to be comedic wide shot of Jay Hernandez reuniting from the Seuss, from Suicide Squad, about to call the thing in. And it's a wide shot where you see both of them in frame. Wilson was just going, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them where we are. Don't tell them where we are. And they they do that for about 20 seconds. I'm like, is this a joke? Because this is going on far too long. Um, Some of the quotes that I wrote down before we get into what's truly awful about this. um, Oh, uh, Joel Edgerton says, I'm sorry that, that you thought I was supposed to have your back. And I'm sorry I disappointed you. 
that man came out of a store and shot him immediately in the chest. Yes. What back could, if I was standing next to you, I wouldn't have reacted just like you didn't have time. What do you, I can someone please explain what Georgian was supposed to do. There's no explanations. It's racism, man. <laughs> I also thought that them convoluting, like you let him go. No, I saved a kid. They would have killed him on sight. Just like all you cops do to us. Um, and then like that, just like coming back around and him being like, uh, Ward, I saved his life. And they get shot. Uh, um, if you act like my enemy, you become my enemy. There's a quote from the movie. That, that's, I mean, it's true. <laughs> if you're my enemy, then you, if you are. Act like my enemy, you become my enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh, observed. I wrote down in bright, a baby dies. So just something to think about there. Sure. Is reaching for that baby skull. It's a dark film. Uh, that guy interrogating him and then just going, oh, you don't think there's a wand? I think there's a wand. <laughs> Did anybody else catch that line? Yeah. It was, really yeah. Funny to me. Yeah, it was, it was it, like, the gang thinks there's a wand. The police thinks there's a wand. I think there's a wand. Yeah. Yeah, it brought me back because I'd kind of like drifted during his monologue, and then oh. suddenly he's going, I'm like, oh my. <laughs> also drifted during the big candle scene where they were surrounded by candles in a big pit in the middle of Los Angeles. I also drifted. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, you can't go through Elf Town. <laughs> and then it's, it's the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's just the business district. Knows is the most desolate place in Los Angeles. Nobody goes there. Nobody wants to be there. It is not high class. Like if they were like Elf Town is Rodeo Drive. Like yes, you've already had the sign on Beverly Hills establishing that that's Elf Town. You know how far away Beverly Hills is from the final. It, it is like an hour drive. It is crazy that they're like this is Elf Town. No, that's not envious. Nobody cares about the financial district. Are you out of your mind? That's funny. They're all driving the exact same type of car. And these are people who made this movie live in Los Angeles. <laughs> One David would Air loves LA. He wrote Training Day, End of Watch takes place in LA, Street Kings takes place in LA, I think. Um the the, the <laughs> I liked all the cops. Margaret Cho has a line where she says Either way, life won't be the same when you walk out that something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's no there's no way this there's no way this ends where life is the same for you. Which I think is true of anything ever on earth. Where everything's happening to us. Um but the, all of them like just like slowly being like, oh like just telekinetically being like, We're all just gonna take this wand away. Yeah. <laughs> take this wand and kill we're this man. Yeah, we're, we're all on the earth. <laughs> We're all on the exact same. They're page, like, so we? how many people died? Two, one, two, two. Okay. So, <laughs> arguably, the fo- the first most epic movie. Sorry, the first most epic moment. I mean, that was a terrible sense. The first epic moment in this film, the first big, <laughs> yeah, is Will is what Ahmad wanted to mention. Will Smith's going, where where is everybody standing? Yeah, and and Jojen's like, they're in a straight line. <laughs> it's it's like you're at a carnival. You got to knock down the bottles. Uh, and then that song plays that has the word fuck in it in a dumb place. And it, it's a slow motion scene and it's the first big moment, right? Stylistically. I 
I got up and uh, got a hair tie for my hair. I went to the bathroom. Uh-huh. I legitimately, when the scene started and then it kept going, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll come back and it'll still be happening. I left the room. That's that, how bad this movie is. I was like, oh, that, that really worries me because you may have missed uh, one of the worst music cues in the world. I. Because I, I'm pretty sure it's during that scene, during that bad song you're talking about, uh, like after everyone has been shot and it's still like in slow-mo and on the song, the line in the song is just something like, and we'll be British forever. It's, I don't even know what else to say, but that's... <laughs> Like, how do you leave that in the movie? It's not a little epic, like you know, mid two thousand ten song. Yeah, you gotta hands would sing. You gotta you gotta go back and just watch that scene when we're done. Because while while we're talking, I'm just gonna find whatever song. Because it's just like it's just like an empty frame. It's the scene is done, but the slow mo is on, and we've got one last line of this song, and it's about how we'll be British forever. Oh my god! I, I catch it, that. You think it, could be it blew me away. Could it be a Machine Gun Kelly song? Uh, it, it certainly could be. Ahmad, did you watch SNL? Uh, with Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, we and also... we fast forward fast forwarded through that performance okay. for sure. Did you? Okay, so you didn't listen to any of it. Uh, we saw we heard like maybe like a few seconds of it. It seems like he's in a Blink One Eighty Two phase right now. I was. I don't know who Machine Gun Kelly is. I I know the name only. I know he's kind of an actor, but I that was the opposite of what I thought he sounded like. Yeah, no, he's been rapping for most of his career. This is... That's what I thought. Yeah, this, and then no one I, oh, so no one I were in a car, because no one yeah. I were in a car, and they played a song of his, and I was like, what? I was like, I literally took my breath away. I was like, what is this? Yeah. This isn't his persona at all. Yeah, he's he's changing stuff up. I, I think he got into a beef with Eminem, and he his life has never been the same. <laughs> oh, boy. No, in 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 that song, did they say "home" a bunch? Someone take me home. Was that maybe? I don't know. That sounds like an Edward Sharp song. <laughs> uh, Edward Sharp song. Now tell me, how did all my dreams turn to nightmares? That sounds familiar. I don't know if that was in that moment. Um, what else? I found no cure for the loneliness. Found a cure for the sickness. That all sounds really familiar. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what else about this uh, this movie, guys? Let's just. Let's get it all out. Magic wand. Numi Rapace looked cool. I thought her makeup looked good. Uh, like I think they changed like her nose a little bit. I thought she looked cool. Um, that you know the whole like. Do, do you think Max Landis stopped and tweeted that when he wrote uh, um, um, Jacoby turns on the radio, loud metal music blares out with indistinguishable lyrics. <laughs> Ward, we're not listening to uh, uh, what what do they call or- orcish music? Uh-huh. Yeah. Jacoby, that is the most beautiful love song ever written. <laughs> Do you think that was the point where he was like, holy shit. I'm there's crying. also really good. There's also a point when I think it was when they first discover uh the girl with the wand when they're going into that that little like deserted place. And Jacoby says, Oh, these people died real bad. <laughs> that was his exact line. 
these yeah. people died real bad. <laughs> As, again, well observed. <laughs> oh God, the writing. I just could it have been a Camila Cabello song? No, it was a man singing. <laughs> I'm just I'm so I'm so disappointed for the completely forgettable but not terrible like gritty cop movie this could have been mm. where it's just get get rid of get rid of all the onward stuff get rid of trying to say something about race in america and just be like have it be a movie about like a gangster that joins the police mm. and so like they don't they don't trust him but he's like i've been shunned by my gang and i'm i'm committed to this and then they bond and they they have still like do the ba- same basic shit. They find some MacGuffin like the heroine or like, I don't know what. And so they're being chased by everyone, by the dirty cops, by the gangs. And they got to run all night. And then in the end, they forge oh, like a friendship. Yeah, away. yeah. <laughs> it certainly would have been and better like, than this. <laughs> and like that, it it probably would have been like, okay, that was fine. There's some good stuff there, but instead any hope of anything good was just drowned out by like, now the black people are racist right. and they're racist at the fairies. Cause there's fairies. <laughs> it's not, well, not just the black people. Everyone was racist. Oh, do, yeah, we, I know, but do we want to talk about, uh, Oh shit. Might've been called world gone mad by Bastille. Sure. Yeah. That, that sounds possible. like that could be it. Which is not on the soundtrack list. <laughs> So, glad I just looked up right soundtrack by scene. World gone mad. Yeah, so I'm sorry, did one of you want to talk about the locker room scene? Where they're just fucking slamming up. You know what I did think was cute? It might be my favorite moment. Just because it made me feel sad, actually, for Jacoby. When he's passing them all and they wrote, like, kick me. Oh, what did they write up that? Kick me, yeah. It was so pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when they wrote kick me, but he's walking, they're all laughing. And the last thing he says as he walks past lots of people is goes, stay safe. He just he just loves being the cop. He loves all his people, even though like they hate him. I was just like, oh man, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is World Gone Mad by Bastille, by the way. <laughs> all right, I'm finding it. All right, so who who wanted to talk about that locker room scene? I think you. Anybody? Uh, <laughs> no, someone else mentioned it. specifically the locker room scene. I don't. I don't think I mentioned the locker room scene. Okay, maybe. Fine. maybe. <laughs> I mean. It was very bad. It was just like that. That was where I thought, like, why is Ike Barinholtz in this movie? Why, like, he he works in like a sort of like darkly comic superhero movie as like a crooked cop security yeah. or like prison security, or whatever. But this is just supposed to be like a regular movie, and he and again, like he's just like a funny dude that like you know. Like just when, cast an actor. When they, uh, by by the way, the line is a pre-chorus. You don't want to fuck with us, British to the very last. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when that song started, and they just went, "You don't want to fuck with." There's something very like Rocky, but a dumb rock. Yeah. And they just said "fuck" with a very like you know dumb arrangement. I was like, "Oh god." Anyway, but. Um, I- I'm 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 to go go back to that scene when we're done with this and just see it's just an empty frame the scene is ended, but we got to finish the song. Count it as another view for Netflix. There you go. Um, 
I do want to mention the fight. The action scenes were terribly staged and poorly shot. Sure. Um, the lighting was bad. I know they were trying to go for a style, but it just looked ugly. And uh, I, I did like the effects they had with the wand. Like the frame was kind of bending with it. It was a very weird thing. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand how Joel Edgerton untied that noose like they just showed his hand and then he just fell to the ground so i assumed that he was because he's an orc he's just got like some super strength or something or something and he just yeah they didn't i did think it was weird that he was able to get out of that himself and it's like they just showed him the back of his hand like this yeah and And it's like why didn't you do that sooner if you could do that (laughs) you've been up there for a while was the reveal that kira whatever was the nomi rapace's sister so it'd be like a big twist I think so. Okay, well, great. Um, they seem to play it that way. The cops saw an explosion and then went, there's a bright. What? Are there no explosions in right, this Right, I did catch that, yeah. Is there, what do you mean there's a bright? <laughs> um, when they were being, sh- when Jay Hernandez was killed, they were being shot at, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They ran into the gas station and then knelt in front of, front of a tall glass window yep, pane. They sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Just mind blowing staging, and then finally at the end when they were getting out of the fire, and then Joel Edgerton somehow lost Will Smith, which I did not catch was the case. Neither, not at all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then and then he turns around, and he goes, "There's somebody in there," and then he runs back in. I genuinely like my brain. There, there's a scene from The Simpsons, Ahmad, and I forgot the context. Noah can set it up, but Homer's brain goes, "I'm out of here," and it's an image of a brain leaving his skull and then homer just drops to the ground because he has no more brain uh-huh. no what's the concept of that? do you know why he's saying uh, that? yeah flanders is explaining the difference between apple juice and apple cider <laughs> i see <laughs> okay and it's a very uh, funny it's... moment i'll send it to you but his brain like looks like a ghost and just leaves and then homer just and then he just crashes to the floor. That's how I felt when he went back into that building. I was like, I don't care about that's any. How, that's how I felt when he woke up in the hospital and I was like, oh, we have more. Oh, and, but there was so much more. He went on like, just don't say anything. And then he said everything and then stopped and then said more things and stopped. Yeah. And the more I was like, this is the, the long decision to end your movie by recapping your movie. Is yes. Bold. Did anybody, I also didn't understand like what the feds wanted when they were like, there's no, when Wilson said there was no wand, is that what they wanted? Yeah, they, they, they wanted, they wanted a secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why Will was like, yo, don't say anything. We're going to pretend that none of this happened. Yeah. And then he just kept talking. <laughs> there was clearly no, first of all, Edgar Ramirez didn't need to be in this movie. as that like federal agent following him around? He didn't do thing. a single thing. I don't think he like, was an elf. <laughs> They, they, they literally, so, so were the bad guys. It doesn't matter. They, they were literally, they, they, they could have just ended the movie with like government agency, very much like the end of Thor, right? Collecting yeah. the hammer and some guy named Coulson goes, we found the asset click. Cause they're setting that up for a sequel where like the government is what the wand, the dark Lord never showed up. Right. We never got him. Um, and uh, gosh, Dark can't, Lord. can't wait for Dark Lord to show up. Uh, he's going to rise again. Um, I thought Will Smith was going to be able to use that sword, and he really didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. The sword seemed like it would be a thing. There were images in the press release of him with that sword. Huh. Yeah. And genuinely never happened. Um, also, the last thing is the firefighters had arrived, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Then Joel Edgerton came back out of the building with Will yeah. Smith. 
what do we all know firefighters are trained to do? Uh, put out fires. Well, provide med- provide medical attention. Sure. Yes. They're all trained paramedics. They are. They laid there on the ground and then pointed to the, the orcs, who then were the blood thing, which I genuinely, until he said, well, I guess you're blood in now or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's what that was. I really didn't know what they were doing. Also, slash their fist literally made the symbol. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, could not... The they kind of they kind of like didn't fully close yeah, the fist. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, no, was... but they literally went, "We're with you, brother." And I was like, "No, no, no, no!" You know? But the point is, nobody came to their attention. A firefighter didn't bring them a blanket. They it was shocking how long they laid on the ground until they were able to finish their dialogue, and then someone came with a stretcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just can I can I say the only good piece of dialogue in the movie uh, was Will Smith saying, "We should have been firefighters." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's very much like I want to work with mom and after Earth. Me too, son. Uh, yeah, I know, but this this movie was. Uh, I thought he had a funny line. I thought it was odd when he said, "Bulletproof, roll up your windows." We all get it, but I th- he had a funny line somewhere else where he was. Uh, maybe it was the guy who, who to his right who stood up close to him and he said, "Who are you stepping to?" He had a funny line where he said something like that. Uh, he wasn't bad in this, but Joel Edgerton was good in another movie. He just was in an entirely other movie. Sure. He was goofy. He was aloof. I don't understand what he was doing. Anyway, he was aloofy. This movie's a mess. Star rating for Bright. Guess what? Another one star. For yes. Uh, one star for me. I came into it with uh, with it at one and a half, but we've uh, talked me down. It's one. I gave it half a star. <laughs> Excellent. Love Okay, uh, boy, oh boy, guys, I, I'm I'm a mess this episode. I I sent the the agenda to myself without the rest of it, uh, so I'm gonna get my shit together and we're gonna take a break. This episode of Getting Willy Witted is brought to you by The Matrix. Critics everywhere have some pretty scathing quips to offer this 1999 release. Terrence Rafferty of the New Yorker calls it exhausting, utterly without feeling, and pointless. Jamal Bernard of the New York Daily News warns, a movie can't afford to waste so much time being its own carnival barker, relentlessly trying to drum up interest. And Nathan Rablin of the AV Club describes it as, yet another cinematic spruce goose. (laughs) All all harsh, but fair, descriptions of Wild Wild West. What, did you think I was talking about The Matrix? I did, I did think that. Uh, Everyone loves The Matrix. Except for those guys. <laughs> the Matrix. Beloved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. I don't really have my shit together as I don't. Well, it doesn't matter. All right, here well, we go. Our awards, which yeah, I didn't do it. Which I did, should have done before the break. That's okay. Uh, I make this look good award. The award given out to the film in which Will Smith looked his best. I put Suicide Squad. Same. Yes, uh, I really enjoyed that hat and just general outfit he was wearing as like civilian. Yeah, like, oh, it was, like oh, civilian oh, headshot, oh, like in the alley. Yeah, he had a hat and like a like a good hat. coat. Yeah, it was good. Very so Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's definitely Suicide Squad. Um, it might be Suicide Squad. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, our next award is How Come He Don't Want Me Award. The award for the underrated performance or film of Will Smith. I mean, I feel like it's concussion. I put concussion. I also put concussion. Uh, I put Suicide Squad, but I I concede to concussion. Okay. 
Great. We're, we're cruising. Um, next, don't ever do that again. The award in which Will Smith should never repeat a film or aspect of a film again. I don't have anything written down for this because uh, there's so many options. What do we all think? What was the worst aspect of these? Was it the, you know, I, 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 the pseudo philosophy of collateral beauty, like that just trying to be poignant when just not having an idea. Was it, I don't know. I went, well, what did they, I, I went real basic here and I just said that Will Smith should just stop doing accents. Like he's tried a few of them and none of them have really worked out. So I think that he should just, he should just stick to what he knows. Okay. I I like, uh, I like accents a lot. Uh, I think this is another week uh, that supports my take of Will Smith should stop doing dramas, <laughs> but for the sake of, of variety, not picking the same thing twice. I did, in fact, say he should he should stop trying to do profundity. Mm. No more being profound, like in Collateral Beauty. Um, that's what I was leaning toward. Ahmad, what do you think about being... Well, I do like accents, though. No, should we do accents? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's definitely true that he should not do any more accents. Because, what, what again... I- accent in what am i missing i don't know i mean he did a he did a voice in ali and but like that was and there was a generally another accent in what was it i mean technically bagger vance was kind of an accent you know in just oh yes yes but just like we he should not he should not be hiding his charisma behind like affectation yes so yeah i think i think accents is uh, very good and finally, oh, after Earth, welcome- he had an accent in After Earth. Yeah. Oh, of course, yes, he did. yes. <laughs> uh, and finally, the Welcome to Earth Award, the award given to the film in which if aliens landed on Earth and said, "Who's a big deal?" and we said, "Well, Will Smith's pretty good," and they said, "What? Prove it. What makes him a big star?" What would we say? I reluctantly might say Suicide Squad. That's what I put. It was the only one I like. It's the best use of him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's got to be Suicide, and also like it made a shitload of money a bunch of people wanted to see it. Maybe the aliens would like it. True. All right. It's definitely going to lose that, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, guys, we, we have all but one of these nominees. These categories are coming together. This is going to be very fun. And, uh, and finally we have to rank his performances and his films there. This should be very interesting. Let's start with King Crushing. I'm feeling this above shark tail below bad boy. That's exactly where I have it. Yeah, that uh, that works just fine for me. Yeah. Okay, great. Should we should we do alternate? No, let's just do them all. Okay. Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad. This. Hmm. It's really bad. I yeah. I currently have it between Shark Tale and Wild Wild West. I, I I am in my mind debating whether Wild Wild West is worse than Suicide Squad. So I'm right in that I, area. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's about right. It's definitely in that bottom, that bottom tier of oh, the last three. I low WWW. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty I think it's pretty on par. So I'm I'm fine with it being above. Because uh, again, like we could just use the trump card of like it may it might be a little bit worse, but it's also not as like casually racist. <laughs> All right, fine. Sure. Shark Tale above Wild Wild West. Okay, Collateral Beauty. 
I'll start with Noah because I feel yeah. like he hates this worst of all of any of us. <laughs> I think that's probably true. I did give it a zero. I don't know. This is In... yeah. Go ahead. Is this worse than the Legend of Bagger Vance? I don't think it is. I don't because... think it's worse than uh, After Earth. I I think After Earth is worse than Colossus. I agree. I have it between Wild Wild West and After Earth. Exactly where I would put it. I am. Uh, I am fine. I was worried you guys would go higher. Uh, <laughs> oh no, definitely. But no, that's. I think. I think Wild Wild West, After Earth, and Bagger Vance are kind of a tier of their own. Yeah. I guess Suicide Squad is uh, kind of in that for me. So really, anywhere in there is fine. All right. Uh, so then below. So then finally, uh, right. Yeah, I'm just looking at this, and I'm the the racial aspect of Bright. Is yeah. that is that enough to put it below After Earth? <laughs> I which is just boring and misguided. Honestly, and this is just for me. I didn't expect you all to agree with this, but like I looked at the Legend of Bagger Vance and Bright, and I said, if I were to watch any of these again, which one would it be? And like in reality, I'm not going to watch either of them again, but. I would watch The Legend of Bagger Vance before Bright. So I put Bright in the very last spot. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with doing that because I think that there are aspects of Bagger Vance that just stand out as more well done uh-huh. than Bright. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. Noah? I mean, if I'm to be outvoted here, so be it. I, uh, well, I, I don't know. Make, make I, the case. Yeah, I, I, I can work. be convinced. I'm not, you know, it's not. I mean, I just, I I feel in my bones that the legend of Bagger Vance is just so, just so completely incoherent as a movie. It's uh-huh. so poorly acted and poorly written and it, just I don't I don't think there's anything redeeming about the Legend of Bagger Vance at all. Uh, whereas like Bright has a couple of moments, <laughs> and okay. like and like just has like a a bad plot, but it does have a coherent straight line A to B plot throughout. All right, Ahmad, it's up to you. Are you are you willing to concede one above? Yeah, it, it can go right above uh, Bag of Vance. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, let's hope we never go down that low in the last <laughs> four. I don't, I don't think we will. Yeah, actually. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think we will either. No, I don't think we will. I think we're done with the bottom. All right, performance rankings. Uh, concussion. Um, I think it's pretty good. In concussion. I think. It's around the. Ooh, I lost my uh, headphones. I think it's around iRobot for me. That feels about right. I think it's. I think it might be like a top ten performance, but I don't know that I'd uh, that I'd go much higher than that. But okay. I don't know, Ahmad. What do you think? Um, I had it a lot lower. Like I had it. Oh, I forgot about the accent. Okay, fine. If the accent's bad. I can go. This was tough. Um, I I had it between Hancock and Men in Black Two, but I was I was nowhere near like definitive on that. Like I I feel like it could go. That's actually I I can actually compromise to below Hancock. 
Yeah, no? I have no, I have, I have no particular affinity for their performance. So yeah, I'd throw it, throw it at fourteen. All right, uh, Suicide Squad. Um, I'll let one of you guys start this. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I. Uh, Ahmad, you go ahead. Oh, I was just sighing. Um. <laughs> okay. I I feel like it's about Hancock level. Like yeah. kind of kind, maybe, kind of serviceable as these because yeah. he's in it more. He's he is the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like a kind of serviceable superhero movie thing without yeah. ever being like, oh man. He's also funny in Hancock. Yeah, I yeah I I mean if, I'm I'm fine with below Hancock above what we just did concussion if if that's where we want to go. It's perfectly fine with me. Then that's what's happening. All right, Collateral Beauty, which I actually think he's good in. Noah, where would you put this? Let's start with you. Um, I would put Collateral Beauty. I don't know, like maybe around like seven pounds. I think I'd put it below seven pounds. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would be fine with around seven pounds above or below. Ahmad, what about you? Where do you have it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Below seven pounds. Sure. All right. All right. And then, uh, Bright, <laughs> which he, which he's fine in. It's not his fault the movie sucks. Sure. But he feels it doesn't do anything at all special. So let's look toward the bottom here. I'm going to say below, maybe below Independence Day and maybe below Wild West. Just because I think that, that he's, is, it's not a standout at all. You know, that is my exact train of thought. Maybe below Independence Day, but wait, maybe below Wild, <laughs> Wild West? Uh, what about you? Yeah, I had it below Wild Wild West above Shark Tale. Let's just do that. Yeah. Okay, great. Guys. That might be the yeah. fastest we've ever done one of one of those. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the movie. It's pretty easy. Um Okay, great. So uh now we can go to Come and Gone for the Theater near you know. Yes. So, Bright was released on Netflix December 13th, 2017, uh, sparing it from a theatrical run that I think we can all imagine wouldn't have gone well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to look at the weekend that it would have come out, December 15th, 2017. Star Wars The Last Jedi. That is one of the movies, yes. Well done, immediately. Wow. I, was, I, I was pretty sure you would get that right off the bat. Uh, do you know what it made? No. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. It made. It didn't come out on a Wednesday, right? This is a Friday release. Correct. All right. So the first one made two fifties. Two twenty. Exactly right. Wow. Right on the fucking money. Are there other movies that came? Is did was, you yes, did, a, uh... did Jumanji also come out that weekend? Uh, Jumanji, welcome. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle, Noah. Not something that had that kind of earning potential. Oh, I will Make say, <laughs> no. You and I saw this movie in theaters, and I remember which theater, which is rare. What is it? We saw it at the Woodfield AMC. Uh, oh, uh, no, no. I was gonna say Ferdinand. Um, did we see it like that weekend? I don't think so, but I don't know. 
Did we wait? Did we like it? Did we want to see it? Did I make you see it? I don't remember. It? Which which movie did you say you were going to say? Ferdinand. Okay. But it's not Ferdinand, though? Is it Ferdinand? It's Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. we, yeah, so we did have to see that for the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think it might have been okay. Uh, I thought, yeah, I think I found it pretty boring. Um, Probably was. That opened to 15, I want to say. Uh, very close. 13.4. Yeah, what did it make though? Did that that get up to seventy with those those Christmas uh, holding power? It got well past. It made eighty four. Yeah, yeah, that's what it can do. You can open to thirteen and then keep going. Yeah. Anything else? No, just those. Okay. Uh, not even any uh, any notable. That like, that limiteds. is here that uh, Welcome to the Jungle and um, the Greatest Showman. Yeah, all made so much money with the Last Jedi in theaters as well. So. Okay. Uh great. Uh Ahmad, do you have a song of the week for us? Uh yes, I have two. Ooh, wow. Um so first up, uh in honor of the weekend performing at the Super Bowl because I think we recorded uh last week's episode before the Super Bowl had happened. Yes. Um the weekend has been getting a lot of flack on the internet because I guess people were expecting Beyoncé level performances. Yeah, <laughs> like his performance and i was i was very entertained i thought it was perfectly fine (laughs) yeah i I enjoyed it quite a bit yeah um so in honor of that uh one of the songs of the week is probably one of my favorite songs i have many favorite songs from uh house of balloons the first of the trilogy that he put out in 2011 Uh, but probably my favorite song is i think the last track called the knowing um, which is a very just like dark and brooding song by the weekend. Um, letting his lover know that he knows that she's been unfaithful to him. And so now he's going to be unfaithful uh, to her and he doesn't care. Um, oh. But he much more eloquently and dark and darkly um, uh, presents those thoughts. So that is the first, the first song. Wasn't he, wasn't the unknowing that HBO show with like Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant? Is that what that was called? That is the name of of uh, that show. I think the song okay. is just called "The Knowing," though. Oh, the knowing. Yeah. That's why in my head I'm thinking you said <laughs> the unknowing. Yeah, I should go back and listen to that. Oh yeah, you should because like I, I've been listening. Uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm finishing up my ballot mm. for the Ahmad Awards, and so I've I listened to. Uh, whatever his album is called oh, after, after hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that a few times. What do you think? And I disappointed. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, especially it's because I, I, I turned around so much on uh, blinding lights. I don't know what things are. called. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I do know what things are called, but I'm not confident about it. <laughs> like, I turned around so much yeah. on that song. And I was like, all right, like maybe I'm going to be into this album. And at the end of it, I was like, I should go back and listen to his earlier stuff. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah, for me. I think I think after hours from from the weekends like career perspective, it's like I understand this album. He's kind of like bridging the gap between the like dark weekend that we got in the beginning and the like pop weekend that we have now. And so after hours is kind of yeah. a little bit of both, but like it really just makes you like miss the stuff from the, from the, from the old weekend. So yeah. I can definitely understand that. It also, it's also too long. Isn't it over an hour? It is. Yeah, it yeah. certainly is. Um, it's also too long. 
And the second, I got uh, second song of the week is from the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack in honor of that movie coming out this weekend. Um, it's called "What It Feels Like." It features uh, the late great Nipsey Hussle, R.I.P., and a verse from Jay Z, who at fifty-one years old is still putting out amazing verses. So. I I listened to I started to listen to that album and then got sidetracked by watching the coverage of um uh, it wasn't a trial uh oh, whatever it was oh, I uh, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> just people in a room talking about Pretty things much. that had become inevitable um but he Jay Z mentions the insurrection yeah he does he does wow and Turn it's around. I was like what my my head spun yeah, it caught me off guard he said something where he was like. It's something about, do you remember what the line is? It's something about you know. Uh, he said like can't something. Like yeah, that. like you let them, you let them storm the like capital and put your feet on your desk. So now I like yeah. lost all my little respect or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Where I was like, holy shit, that was like, did this this album? It just that was I don't I mean I guess in in reality it was a month and a half ago, but right, it was yeah. just that was very quick. It was very quick. Um. But her song from that album. Oh yeah, "Fight for You" or something like that. I think that's in. I think I'm going to check to see if that's on the short list because if it is, it's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar. I'm sure it is because that is just such a, such a perfect fucking lame Oscar song title. (laughs) Yeah, like that's that's all. That's always the song. It really is. Fight for you. It's stand up. It's speak now. It's just some. It's some empty nonsense. Her, she has become an award darling. Like she's she's been nominated for like big categories at the Grammys like the past two of three years. Like I, I didn't expect her career to take off like it has, but she's like she's a really big deal now. <laughs> and so I can easily see her getting a, an Oscar nomination for for that song. The soundtrack oh, is really see. good as well. Like I I didn't realize how many features and people would be on the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, but like uh what's his name? ASAP Rocky has a song, Saba, who's a Chicago oh, artist, yeah. has a song. Like, yeah. BJ the yeah, yeah, it seems to be following in that like um like it seems it should be like the next evolution of soundtracks, but it's similar to like, you know, Kendrick with with Black Panther yeah. where it's like an album curated it's not songs from the album and it's why albums back in the day which always used to bother me soundtracks would say music from and inspired by which at the time like don't mix in I'm getting the soundtrack because I was like that's a good song what's right. that I don't need extra songs but this idea of making an album that isn't necessary I haven't seen the film yet but isn't necessarily in the film but is about and reminiscent of the film I it's it's a good idea um and they did say in the title that it's the inspired album too so I think they yes think right. they yes yeah <laughs> yeah 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 they uh they did it it is on the short list so she is probably going to be nominated did was she nominated before am I thinking of something else for an Oscar I don't know yeah did she sing a song I don't know um but uh, for for Black Panther, was, was she was that not her on the song? No, who was that? No, that was SZA. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Those three lettered, <laughs> talented female artists who I like. Um, and just like acronyms. Not, I mean, SZA isn't really an acronym, but just the her is supposed to be an acronym. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's good. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. This is a long episode, unlike our other oh. ones, which are tidy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Get to the point. 
Noah wraps up. You can come find us at what's in the box We are on Twitter at wit box office. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brenda Serber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And of course, the feed for our podcast can be found pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we promise the movies get better from here. We're almost done with the movie. Yeah, there's certainly one great better. one coming up. Um, by the way, you know, follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. If, you, if There's a lot going on in politics right now. I just tweeted out. Today, if you're a piece of shit, you must acquit. I mean, just quality stuff coming out sure. of lots, lots of great rhymes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Ahmad, what do you have going on? People can follow you on. Yes, Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Uh, website, thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at T-O-T-B, the podcast. My personal Instagram, good kid, shy city, C-H-I. Yes, that is it. Um, terrific. Next week is our final week of movies and the penultimate episode of Getting Willy With It. Uh, we're going to be watching, what's the first one? Aladdin. Thank you, Aladdin. Uh, Gemini Man, Spies in Disguise, and Bad Boys for Life. Really excited to rewatch that. <laughs> I am, I've been re- wanting to rewatch it since the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> Finally doing it. Cannot wait. <laughs> Glad I didn't. If I, if I had watched it in January I'd be, or in March, I'd be screwed. Um, I'm a little concerned it's too close to another Will Smith movie about a witch. And She is a witch. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be great. I'm real excited. Um, that is it. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. This has been What's in the Box Office. Getting Willy with it. I have been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. Thank you, Ahmad, as always. We'll see you next week. And until then... We ride, we ride together, together. Ride together. Socially, socially socially together. 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 Will Smith, Will Smith, Smith for life. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 